bing, bang, boom. It's the two realest dudes in the room. What happens when you bring two black guys together to our friends and just had a long days of work? You call it the chill session. You call it the chill session. Damn. Here on my left, right, I don't know. You can. I'm not sure what directions are right now, but on the other side of this call, my boy, Black Impact. How you doing, sir? How you doing? Yo, man, that was a that was a that was a pretty spicy one. I wasn't expecting that, I and mean, that was some heat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. Whew. That got me a little nervous, man. I'm all nervous. Yeah, man. At first, I was just kind of like, all right, you know, what's he got? And then, man, you you jumped on stage like you're a rapper, man. I was like, oh, shoot, I'm next up. I got to follow this act up. <laughs> you tripping. <laughs> shoot. The blackest guy in Pittsburgh is still the whitest guy over in, in Texas. Let me just tell you that. Hey, man, it don't matter, man. Uh, <laughs> Nobody knows on YouTube, dog. I have no idea. <laughs> but no, well, I like this. Is I'm, it C? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good, though. But uh, yeah, I'm, I, I say we just, you know, jump right in it. Yeah. Cool. So for the folks at home who are the first time hearing this, meeting us. So as you can see, this is really raw, off the cuff. Just two bros just chilling out right now. Yep. All right. That's all it is. A little discussion you know mm-hmm. something, something a little unwind our thoughts because we're all gamers and fans at the end of the day yep yep you know so that's what all it's gonna be light discussion well maybe not to be too light maybe get a little bit oh, no. saucy it's, it's heavy it's extra <laughs> extra sauce yeah, yeah, yeah. extra cheese <laughs> you know I, I need the lettuce and tomatoes and onions and pick extra extra pickles you know so I need all that <laughs> <laughs> alright this is gonna be a podcast with the works oh but. yeah it's still all good fun, all right. At the end of the day, we're all fans. We're all friends here, you know. It's all. It's just a platform to just start a discussion. Yep, yep. And there's nothing wrong with just talking, all right. And that's what we're here to do: talk, unwind. And so, let's see. What do we have on the docket today? Docket. That sounds so unofficial. What do we have in our minds right now? Just I don't know. We docket. Docket sounded pretty good. I was like, ooh, I need to, I need to check my vocabulary. I never heard of that word before. I'm, I'm, I'm behind. <laughs> my man over here hooked on phonics. I'm over here. <laughs> I got my thesaurus back here. You yeah, know, Urban man. Dictionary has been my best friend. <laughs> All right, so. uh uh, here, I'll, I'll let you choose the first one, man. Whichever one's your favorite, we'll just open it up like that. All right. Um, oh, also, another thing. Mm-hmm. I know you guys will, all of you will learn about us as we go. You oh, know? gosh, yes. <laughs> Black and I have been bros for quite some time now, you know? I mean, it's definitely been over five years. Oh, yeah. It's been a yeah. long, hot minute. It's been, yeah, it's, yeah, hot minute, mm-hmm. you know? Final Fantasy fourteen. maybe you've heard of it, you know? Pretty horrible game. <laughs> There's a sneak peek for you. Oh, uh, did I give it away? Ah, <laughs> dang. Alert, alert, alert. <laughs> but in all seriousness, nah, that back... <clears throat> You'll, you'll find out. There, there you go. Yeah, that's just a little sneak peek for yeah. how the chips may lay for some 
sentiments around here mm-hmm. but yeah two friends coming from an mmo as you do in 2019 you know friendships can cross boundaries nothing about you know having to be face to face anymore nowadays but um yeah let's just jump right into it so we always like to come out here try to do it on a weekly basis you know yep you know but when we don't or when we do it usually turns into a pretty long sesh (laughs) when we call it a chill session it usually lasts we're talking you better you better be wearing your adult diapers because we're gonna be going for like five hours (laughs) five six (laughs) but this is gonna be more bite-sized digestible version of our talk so don't worry you don't have to stay long too long grab a snack bring your cheetos mountain dew if that's too generic for you bring your starbucks and uh dang starbucks man that's yeah who, that's who that's for them for them wealthy people man that's for them <laughs> that's for them people with them with them 1000 subscribers <laughs> that's for the big money ballers on youtube <laughs> so <clears throat> i want to start off with what you propose the okay. remake and reboots topic oh yeah 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 yeah. this is so relevant because if there's going to be any remake that we're going to be talking about right now Mm -hmm. it's the one that has the number seven next to it oh i think you know what i'm talking about (laughs) yeah the old final fantasy 15 dlc (laughs) (laughs) just disguised as final fantasy 7 you troll (laughs) you freaking troll man i don't know man every time because i look and i look at the trailer right Uh uh-huh and we've talked about it a little bit but every time i rewatch it and i've even had discussions like with people at like work and other places and they're like man this looks so much like 15 because even i think even the untrained eye can see that they're borrowing assets from 15 granted you know it may not have all the same elements as 15 but i i I don't know i feel like just even visually it might put a bad taste in some people's mouths kind of to start well definitely if you look on the surface you can definitely see there's um similarities as far as visual Mm -hmm. and you can chop that up to maybe square being pretty stagnant with this visual variety yeah you know um when it comes to art styles and i was thinking about this a couple couple days ago it's like looking from the ground roots of square in their history their portfolio (laughs) you know final fantasy one all the way up to 15 Mm -hmm. there's a large variety of art styles starting from one to about we'll say 12 we'll be generous we'll say up to 1 to 12 there's a stark variety of differences as far as how the art style art direction themes um, tone mm-hmm. across the games are widely varied you know if there was a soup that you did not like don't worry you know the chef will send out a different bowl for you Yeah, and it didn't take you know 5 6 a decade to get that game right <laughs> You know, so you had something widely available for, available for you, you know, in a decent amount of time that fit your preferences and that was 
distinct in their own unique ways. Well, I will definitely say that 13, 15, not much really visually. And I'll even say seven to an extent a little bit. It's that 3D age mm-hmm. of graphics making it really hard to distinguish, you know, between different titles, you know? Because we, we've said this before in our past talks that like 13, 13 looks good to this day. You know? Yeah, 13, it, it really does. Just like it holds up. Yeah, it still definitely holds up. Now, you can definitely say, well, 13 looks vastly different than like maybe 15 as far as like maybe ui developments you know that's where you can see some like differences there's some personality that shows up there because the menu ui is very metallic um non-organic mechanical Mm -hmm. you know this crystal vibe is very sci-fi um and but if you strip away the the ui developments it can look kind of similar yeah and then you jump to 15, which originally was an offshoot of, thir- of 13. It was never originally to be its own standalone title. It was never meant to be a main title, you know? It was meant to be a side game. Mm-hmm. And then goes under this transformation and turns into what we have now at 15. And pinning down what really is its art direction or tone is kind of like... I don't know. It's kind of hard because it, it looks kind of generic um, as far as personality. You know, I, I may I may trigger some people right now, but it it being its whole motto, a fantasy based off reality, um, kind of hurts it as far as creating its own you know identity amongst the vast options as far as everything else it's building its own characteristics to make it stand out Mm. you know and then you have seven which i definitely i do see things as far as um like the monster design it carrying personality over from um the original game and translating it over into the 3d title right now this remake i can see some differences but as far as 3d graphics and stuff they look very similar because they're the same era right now and it seems like Square is sticking to a distinct look as far as how they want their games and characters to look. And I don't want to... I want to digress a little bit so we can get, get to the main point so I don't get too long-winded here. But I think all that stuff is all surface level as far as not being able to tell this just looks like a, you know, 15 reskin. Mm-hmm. You know, um... <clears throat> Not to defend Square Enix too much because they have to earn, you know, my respect at this point. But from being able to tell from the trailers and stuff, I don't think it's a straight ripoff copy. Besides it, of course, it has action combat, you know, um, and Square not having that much experience as far as having consistently good action combat, maybe. Maybe that's something we can say. Um, can make it kind of hard to believe it's anything more that they can think of anything with depth, you know, as far as a combat system um, for seven, you know, since their main experience was 15. 
in a lot of people's minds you know that's mm-hmm. a sentiment that they're gonna have to get over for me personally from what i've seen in the trailer i do see hints from the old battle system um but of course they're subtle you can chalk that up to maybe they're going for a more minimalistic approach maybe those um maybe they just don't want to reveal too much before you know e3 you know not reveal all their cards in their hands or maybe there's so much drastic changes from the original combat system that some things won't translate well to an action combat so some things have to be little homages to you know to the game itself you know to the original game so like there is materia materia is the biggest mechanic in seven in the original and you can see that in the trailer itself like um in some screenshots you can see that they do have materia the the green orbs the gems whatever you want to call them the crystals um in embedded inside of cloud's weapons and stuff and those materia can be reserved for magic additional skills for the characters that whoever equipped them stuff like that so you can also see that within the menu system that they show as well um with 15 there wasn't that much depth with this combat it was very simple hold down the x button or square button where however you mapped it out depending on where you what version you were playing and you held down the button you know and noctis would just attack you know just hold that down and it would just attack and you use the phase button the block i think that was like circle or something and then it would automatically dodge for you as long as you had mp and for the most part it was rinse wash repeat you know and the items and stuff you were not restricted on how what items you could use you know you were freely to use any items as far as healing reviving people so it definitely made the game have you know not so much of a learning curve it was pretty um, accessible I guess you can say for people you know not really steep or deep you know to get into the combat with seven um, you can see there are the gauges blue gauges in the menu system I'll bring up an image as well just so people can see but um, there are segments within the command menu that are tied to the player HUD that shows, you know, the relationship between the two. And it shows that, like, using and executing a command will take away from that gauge. And that, upon seeing that, that can um, suggest that you're going to be restricted as far as what skills you can use and when you can use them. Um... The common consensus consensus right now is that from how it looks like in the trailer is that you be building up your your meter by doing basic attacks these basic attacks are not doing as much damage um to the enemy in that once you reach a certain segment of the bar one segment two segments once you reach a certain limit it unlocks an additional skill in that, those are going to be called finishers, punishers that you can see in the trailer as far as how they're um, described. And those are basically limit breaks, the limit breaks from the old game. And that's where you expend your big, big amounts of damage. You know, how you're going to deal lots of damage to the enemy. So there is some strategic strategy there showing into just the little trailers right there. Um, so I don't think it's going to be as as just black and white as that. I'll hold down the X button and then dodge when you need to. 
automatically. So like it seems like you you need to be careful as far as when you want to expend your punishers, your limit breaks to deal big damage um, instead of just hack and slash, which people are very afraid of. Um, that's just going to be a hack and slash game. But only time will tell. I mean, E3 is right around the corner. Um, I know there's more that we want to get into, but what, what are your thoughts, I guess, real quick? Because um, I kind of just went off. Um, well, like, as far as... Uh, whenever I thought about the topic, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't really think about like seven in particular it wasn't even really about seven no. yeah it was it was more so about like uh just the fact that so nobody asked for a seven remake not really and well. it's like we keep getting remakes of all these things but they won't like just leave games and movies and like even music in just different series they just won't leave them alone and make something fresh so like we're getting aladdin sonic we're getting like these reboots of these star wars movies which are just flopping incredibly in in theaters like star wars is probably at its lowest low like ever in the history of that entire franchise and it's like it's really really bad so it's just like i mean sure we can get a seven remake and maybe, maybe some people did ask for it, but I don't think Square needs to do this. I think they're making, like, a mistake. Well, I guess at the end of the day, when it comes down to going with remakes or a reboot or something, it's down to where's the cash flow? What has succeeded in the past? And I think that's where a lot of the motivation comes from as far as remakes or reboots, you know, go, or just going back to old properties is that investors and even the creators themselves, they say, okay, well, we know this sells. We need me to make some money. You know, it's more risky nowadays to do a new IP. But when they do get an IP that actually like catches fire, oh, they run it into the ground, you know, they hang on to it. And then that just comes down to an, its own perpetual cycle of eventually that will get rebooted. Look at Spider-Man. You know, we've had three reboots of Spider-Man, you know, back in the 2000s mm-hmm. and then Tom McGuire. And then in the, what, mid 2000s, I guess, you know, what, 2010, 2012 or something like that around there with Andrew Garfield. You know, we had another one, you know, and then then and not even like two, three years later, we had another one with, um, What's this? What's the kid's name? Tom Holland in the Avengers. You know, that's three Spider-Mans in a little over a decade. Well, like I feel like so all of these things that we would mention or even bring up as examples were all of at one point original things. Mm-hmm. So it's just like I find it really weird and confusing that people just can't come up with just new stuff and then. The, and then the, interesting, the super interesting thing that I see, the people that do are like, they're 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 amazing. You got you know you got your, you got your childish Gambinos, your Jordan Peels, you know, these guys that just go in and they just kind of make their own stuff. They they may take some 
elements of the past and kind of mix it in just because i mean there's no such thing as like there's no original ideas your ideas always come from somewhere mm-hmm. but it's not like i don't know it's not like when you watch a jordan peele movie that it's just a remake of like attack of the birds like that old what it's probably 60s or actually it's probably older like like 40s <laughs> Yeah, Alfred Hitchcock talking about like that, that type of stuff. Yeah, like he's not just remaking that. He's like taking his own. Like I feel like when you don't re when you remake something, and you don't like put your own stuff into it and make your own thing, you aren't really creating anything with any kind of like what value. Um, I wouldn't use the word value. I mean, it could still be valuable because people buy them, but I mean. You're not making anything with any soul. Mm-hmm. There's no, you didn't really put any love into this thing because it's just, you're just rehashing something. But if you make something that's like personal to you, I feel like people can feel that authenticity and they, they, they praise it. So, I don't know. Well, I think it comes down to like desperation. Yeah. You know, um, maybe not every company is behind this but we have to remember that that like <clears throat> these movies they're, they're basically coming from bigger companies that are all intertwined from each other right. you know we may see a spider-man movie but it's like that is owned by fox as a whole mm-hmm. you know and then well now disney <laughs> oh disney god man <laughs> holy crap um <laughs> so so actually th- now speaking of disney okay i think we can have two sides of the two sides of the spectrum with this mm-hmm. it's either out of desperation which i think square would reflect the most yeah you know um having basically the whole modern era of gaming you know last generation and this generation of not really being on its top game you know no pun intended i feel like uh, it's been like that since like 2012 to be honest with you yeah (laughs) it's been like almost all it's getting close to the 10 year anniversary of just like gaming is just always just been in this weird just kind of dumb spot and and then on the other side of the spectrum it's just how can we make more money how can we you know um get the most out of our consumer Mm -hmm. that's where disney comes in no one really asked for Lion King, Aladdin, Dumbo, you know, Beauty and the Beast remakes. Right. But it's like, okay, we can reuse this material and deliver it in a new package that would be efficient for us because like, okay, we don't have to write a script. You know, we have basically screenplay and outline of everything, you know, art, direction, assets and all that type of stuff. That's pretty much set in stone, you know? just get the actors and whatnot mm-hmm. to, to fill the roles you know they justify it just enough to basically not repackaging the same old same old by saying like well that was live action or this is live action that was old animation so it's like it's a new spin it's a new take now how inspired it actually is at the end of the day and that depends on, I guess, how much work they actually want to invest. And from what we're seeing, are they really reinventing the wheel that much with their properties? No. Mm-mm. I mean, 
I ain't blown away by the new Aladdin trailer, personally. <laughs> oh man, why did I? Ooh, I need to. I need to. They need to fire Will Smith's uh, agent and just hire me. And be like, next time I'll be like, Yo, Will, just nah, bro. That's nah. Just, just don't. They're gonna paint you blue, dog. That's not it. The, the memes, the internet, just, just, just don't, man. They already got you for YouTube, bro. <laughs> they already got you. Don't, don't, don't double meme in the same year. <laughs> Insert dead hot right now. <laughs> Man, jeez. But it's like my my whole thing. Like on the topic of Will Smith, the genie. What 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 made the genie so amazing was that Robin Williams basically made the character. You know, it it wasn't like put in front of him. This is how you got to act. This is how you got to emote. This is what we want you to do. He he was pretty much ad libbing. You know, he created the role. He created the character. And made us his his own and made it unique. But then you get um, Will Smith. I don't necessarily agree with that. Just cause like mm. I don't so I don't really attach the person to the character really. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not sure why I don't like I don't have a problem with Will Smith being the the genie, but I think it's a bad career move for him because he's doing it at a very weird time in his career because it's like if he would have done this like right after like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air I'd be like okay cool that fits because you know that was back when Will was like a funny guy but Will Smith like his his career since then has been nothing but just serious triple-a blockbuster films that are not funny like at all like they may be you know heartwarming or actiony or whatever but now he's jumping back into this comedic role but like for the past 15 years for most people that don't know they haven't seen will smith be a funny guy probably don't even know he's funny well not even just be funny but when was the last time he was in an actual huge blockbuster movie I mean, his big, the peak of his career was in the 90s and early 2000s. Oh, I wouldn't say that. Because I think he had like, because I know he came out with the, the Pursuit of Happiness, but that was like. But that was over, over like a, a hiatus uh, as well. Let me see. Hang on. Will Smith movies. Because he's been in a lot of movies. He has. So the Pursuit of Happiness was 2006. Uh, he came out in Seven Pounds. That was 2008. Hancock was 2008. Uh, he was in this Netflix film. Oh, yeah, okay, that Netflix movie, Bright or whatever. Mm, and that came out with, like, lukewarm reviews. He was in Suicide Squad. Mm. <laughs> yeah, people didn't like that. I didn't watch it, but I heard yeah. people weren't too happy about it. I mean, he was him and Harley Quinn were the best part of the movie, but when you're comparing yourself to the rest of the movie it's like okay that wasn't very hard to do men in black 3 that was 2012 and then uh no i mean there was a time where you could say that like will smith there was like a whole month a whole holiday named after him Mm -hmm. independence day you know that's where you were going like okay we're gonna go go see a will smith movie you right. know it, it's it's july we got another one coming you know mm-hmm. bad boys independence day yeah um wild west men in black yeah all those 
they were yeah he was shooting out hits like wildfire right but i don't think um, he's like he's, i don't think he's at a point in his career where it's like his career is going like down just because he's mm. he's kind of just like basically if you want will smith in your movie you're gonna have to pay a crap ton of money like like a mm-hmm. lot 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 of money I, I know that for a fact just because like he's just that kind of actor because he's he's a really good actor no not 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 on his acting ability i just feel like he's almost been like out of touch not so much i don't know doesn't I, feel like he, he when you like in the talk of this discussion as far as like top actors right now mm-hmm. you really don't hear will smith's name getting thrown around well no i mean he's not because he's not in anything that's like relevant like super super relevant like today and it's definitely not relevant to like kids because aladdin is like a kid's thing because it's mm-hmm. disney but and not just a kid's thing it's just yeah. a young adult thing people who grew up with that in general you know it's, it's crossing boundaries as far as generations you mm, know maybe i don't know I, maybe maybe it's just I, I guess I'd have to see like because how the you, movie ca- does you can't think that, that um, Disney is not marketing to us because we grew up with this like okay they definitely have the money you know they're def we definitely want them to go see it because it's nostalgia the big N word yeah all their our strings you know we want them to get their money yes it's gonna be marketed to kids as well but it's like those kids are gonna need to be taken by somebody and those are gonna be actually now it could be people our age are now parents as you know weird as that sounds you know taking a little five-year-old to go see aladdin because they supposed they went and saw it before you know mm-hmm. well um, so the aladdin that we saw was a cartoon mm-hmm. i feel like they're going the wrong way as far as doing these as live actions just because and, and maybe i'm wrong but i feel I just feel like little kids are more interested in cartoons rather than like live action stuff. At least just from what I've seen in like recent years, most little kids don't really, they're like, there's just real people on the screen. That's really boring. You think so? I think so. Because I mean, Cause if I, I would compare... think it'd be the opposite. Personally. Really? Yeah. Because like you, we've seen a stark decline in animation period. You know, we've had the renaissance, the, the, the 90s and the 2000s of just like, there's nothing but hot animation. You know, all the Nickelodeon channels, uh, Nicktoons and Cartoon Network's cartoons and Disney's cartoons. And then, but now it's slowly transitioning to just CG, you know, computer animation, Pixar, you know, those traditional, the last Disney traditional animated movie was princess and the frog and that was like 2009 Mm. um but before that they had um tangled that was another uh uh cg movie so i'm like i'm seeing like they're they're waning off of traditional animation and now we're seeing more cg animation after like pixar has popularized it and it's kind of taken hold well i mean so this aladdin movie it's it's like has real people in it these mm-hmm. most of disney's movies is just I, when i say a cartoon i don't mean like cgi or whatever i mean like they just look like cartoon characters they don't you know they're not actual mm-hmm. real actors mm-hmm. but yeah i feel like kids are more 
interested in like the cartoon look rather than a real person on screen I think that's also a stigma of society think it's thinking that cartoons are only for children when we we clearly know that's not the case you know I mean I think our generation has proved that as well I mean I mean look at anime being what it is <laughs> um, yeah cartoons are not just for kids they're for teens adults whatever well, you know right I just think it's Disney's just making a mistake just doing live action with this Aladdin thing because all their all their stuff that's the biggest stuff they've ever done is all made up characters not like Will Smith the actor and like whoever else these other actors are I don't really know because I don't really follow mm-hmm. actors like that but like no yeah um I guess my, my, my main point is not, not to get too off mm-hmm. track here is that is it a mistake yeah we probably don't um, we probably don't want this to happen we don't think it's necessary but they're like we can do it because we're Disney you know it's not going to hurt our pockets really because it's not much of an investment you know it's a low risk high return type deal for them Mm -hmm. you know something that can just like okay minimum effort maximize profit and they can do it with a whole catalog of movies and stuff that they can do it with not to say it's the right move but for a financial one they're like yeah let's go for it i mean there's a whole other conversation of saying like like how bloated the whole uh, market um the whole landscape for movies is right now oh jeez. i mean <laughs> you could say about what 70 percent of it is probably disney um i don't know let me here i'll let me see, let's see, uh, movie market share. See if I I mean, at least for this better. year, because, I mean, we got... Yeah, we'll do 2019. Just curious. We have um, Captain Marvel that came out earlier this year in March. We had Avengers. We have Dumbo. We have Aladdin. We have The Lion King. We have Toy Story. We have Male- Maleficent. A sequel to one of their live action movies um and that's like going up until the end of summer and i just what rounded off was that six movies seven movies hmm is so wait a minute oh wait a minute i don't ooh, i'm not familiar with this at all <laughs> huh? um so what does who's Disney's distributor as far as movies? Mm, is it Buena Universal? Vista. Is it Buena Vista? I think so, yeah. Okay, so yeah, Buena Vista is number one by like a large they they have thirty four point two percent of the entire market. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Warner Brothers is like fifteen point eight percent, Universal is like fourteen point two, and then like the next like four are all like five four three and the rest of them are all like zero point something market share so yeah yeah they're there they pretty much own the movie theater at this point mm-hmm. <laughs> and like that's not really healthy because it's i mean even if they're putting out you know good content you know for the general masses in public mm-hmm. you know as far as good i mean like people enjoy it critically they're fine they're financial financially successful right okay but it 
does narrow narrow the landscape as far as what other people can do as far as competition. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of like suffocates it. Well, I feel like I feel like these companies need to like not worry so much about like trying to because it's this weird thing in business that I've been noticing and it just, I think it's just all across the whole just business landscape it's like these companies that are already massive right they want to mm-hmm. be the biggest in the world out of everybody and so what they do is is that they like say oh well I'm Apple and because I'm Apple I'm gonna make cars now and I'm gonna compete with Toyota and it's like you're stupid just do what you do like nobody's mm-hmm. ask nobody's asking you to do this so just do what you do so like i feel like if people wouldn't be so caught up in the numbers and just make just just do what just stay in your own lane and then just make what you already know how to make i think your company will be fine because it's not like it's not like warner brothers is going to go under because it only has 15 percent market share right like warner brothers no. is fine mm. as long as they they make sure they 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 you know operate within their means yeah that, that's that's it that's yeah. all it takes so it's just like because they get all like super money hungry and power hungry you'll start seeing disney like grab up all this stuff that disney has no relation to like star wars and then they start messing with it and saying oh we're disney we can put it out and then now mm-hmm. now People that are diehard fans of Star Wars are like, oh, no, this is some crap. Now I'm out. Mm -hmm. Which is just like they had no business in that realm. They should have just left it alone. Keep making what they already make. And then they've been fine. They've still been making money. But now it's just kind of like they're they're ruining series is with these remakes. Kind of, sort of. At least in in the example of Star Wars. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um. I guess my only thing with that, because like, I guess where do we see the potential as far as like someone like Disney coming in? It doesn't have to be Disney, but like, what if like someone who had more money than Lucasfilms, mm-hmm. um, had more money to give them? Just like, okay, look, we can help you know fund your your endeavors, and it's like, and you get to be get to make your movies on a bigger scale you know say that you were limited in in your vision with your current um you know operation costs Mm -hmm. and now it's like okay we can help you fund that and it's like now you can even go even bigger with your ambitions to go even further with your ideas right but of course how do we make sure the integrity is is intact well i think you know they need to like it's so it's it's a similar thing I think we see in um uh I love it whenever I see it because it happens in gaming sometimes mm. where um you will get okay so you'll get the guys from Nintendo right mm-hmm. and then you'll get the guys from Dynasty Warriors and then you say okay we want to make a game and we're gonna call it Hyrule Warriors right mm-hmm. and it's gonna have Zelda characters in it. it's like okay. Nintendo's like, eh, that's not really our thing, but you guys can help us with that. And whenever I played Hyrule Warriors, I was like, yo, this feels good. At first, I was like, this is going to be some crap. But then I played it. I was like, yo, this is fire. So yeah. if I feel like if Disney would have just been like, you know what? 
Star Wars and these kind of films aren't really our thing, but we can team up with Lucas Films, who does all the Star Wars movies, and just have, you know, some of that original kind of thought process and like mm-hmm. mentorship a little bit. They could have made a great film and just brought the Star Wars series back to life. True. And I I feel like Star Wars is a little bit way more complicated as far as just it being a remake oh, and yeah. being uninspired. Yeah, definitely. That's why it failed. I'm, I'm super simplifying like yeah. all of the details, but it, in a perfect <laughs> world, we would hope that's how it would go, right? But. Right? It, <laughs> as far as like how they, yeah, not to dive too much into the Star Wars uh-huh. side of things, it's like there's so many things as far as just like just straight up vision you know what was the vision where was the structure what was the plan what was the outline yeah to make these movies and obviously there was none or if there was one guess what the middleman in the transition to the sequel just said screw it i don't care yeah so it's like not having that structure or you know accountability yeah it sometimes you just have loose cannons <laughs> oh man you know and it's, it's not like anyone could have predicted that you know if this felt like a sure thing you right. got jj abrams leading the helm it's like this is this is the structure that we have we have disney who can supply anything that we're going to be doing so our vision is almost limitless mm-hmm. let's just create a good movie because i let's we can't think that the people in the middle the directors producers it's not like they wanted to just create a bad movie. You know, no, they, actually they, generally, you they know, never do. Yeah, most times. You yeah. know, and it's it sucks that when, you know, one person, whoever they may be, you know, gets in the way and fumbles it for people. It's just when it's a fumble with Star Wars, it's a monumental <laughs> game ending fumble. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. So it, it really it sucks you know and you really don't get do-overs in hollywood until five years later until everybody you do forgets get <laughs> until, you know because our attention spans are so small or at least the mass public's attention span is so small you know well um okay interesting thing about that um is it the fact that our attention spans are getting smaller or is it that the amount of content that's being pushed into our minds at one time is just getting so big? You see where I'm going with that kind of no, stuff? No, yeah, you can say like it, oh, it's almost one the same because like yeah. our attention span is okay. Our attention span is not infinite; it's right. finite. Right, right, right. So okay, this is our limit as far as what we can comprehend and process. But now we've reached a threshold where it's just way more content to where we just can't keep all that in there. You know, as far as retention, you know, um, we have, I guess, our limit as far as what we can, you know, process. Right. But there's just so many more things to just wean it out even faster than normal. Right. You know, I think that's where it is. Kind of like in the middle ground there. Mm-hmm. Well, like technically um, speaking, like, can you even like I was thinking about this the other day when I woke up. I was like, can I walk around in my house without seeing an advertisement even with my door closed right Mm -hmm. my door is closed if i open up my refrigerator if i look on top of my fridge if i look in the cabinet Mm -hmm. you know even in the you know i'm saying it's just like i'm constantly being bombarded with all your brands and everything yeah brands and just mental propaganda and then don't even get me started on like the internet and like 
articles and all that stuff. It's just like, I feel like... It's sensory overload. Yeah. And I just had this. This literally happened last week. So we came back from my, from our New York trip last week. Okay. Me and the family. And we're like, okay, let's eat, let's eat out, you mm-hmm. know? Or let these have stuff delivered. So we did Olive Garden. You know, it's just, you know, we just felt like Olive Garden. Right, right. Or maybe... We just felt like, oh, I don't know. You, you'll see the connection when I tell you the rest. Okay. And so I get, I, you know, I get my food. I sit down and I put on some Hulu watching some Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Okay. And I, 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 I shit you not. Mm-hmm. The first commercial was Olive Garden. Oh. And not just any Olive Garden commercial. Olive Garden takeout commercial. Yo. And I'm like, uh, I haven't seen an Olive Garden commercial in literally years. I I I haven't been to an Olive Garden in year in years. And that's the weird thing. It's been a hot minute since I've been to an Olive Garden. But for some reason, you know, my my parents felt like Olive Garden. Mm-hmm. Who knows what they were seeing? What, who knows what they've been in contact with? But like, all right, sure, I'm fine with that, you know. And then, not even and minutes later, on my phone, I see on the YouTube timeline, it, on the mobile version at the top, mm-hmm. Olive Garden takeout. Yeah. And it's like, wait, 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 wait. That that pause rewind where did this begin where where does where does this where, where does this red line trail start and where does it end mm-hmm. that that makes no sense Siri's listening and she knows it they know it they, 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 google <laughs> this is a whole other thing but but you know what the overall concept the idea i'm getting with here is like yeah it's it's the we, whole thing of like you just there's no stop button yeah there's no privacy or anything it's like even if, if you Let's say, for instance, somebody goes on your computer, right? Mm-hmm. And they play a joke on you and go on your Amazon account. And they, I don't know, they search up like a vibrator or something like that, right? <laughs> so, um, man, we should have made this a discussion topic because I actually know like a, a lot of the details, like behind the scenes, like how some of that stuff works. But, but anyways... What so happened, we can delve into this later, you know, yeah, because we still have other stuff that we got to get to yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. You know, we we went through you know reboots to remakes to overall just branding in general, and yeah, yeah. it's been quite the rabbit hole. Let me just yeah. <laughs> All right, I got I got a sick segue. You ready, bro? Uh-huh. All right, all right, here it is. So since we're talking about how. You know, companies are stalking us and bombarding us with advertisements. Let's talk about how the news media is bombarding us with politics. <laughs> Damn, it's your boy, man. Doing them six segues. Man. Ten out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> no redos. Nope. One take, Jake. Right here. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'll, I guess I'll read out like the official thing we were gonna discuss or whatever. Uh huh. Go for it. But um, so it was about Ubisoft and politics and game journalism. So um, I, I watched the video sent me from the guy. Um, you know what's weird? I don't like that guy's videos. 
Mm-hmm. But his information is okay. It's pretty good, actually. Well, not, not to get too carried away, but yeah. it's like it's it's the struggle that we always have. It's like we want to make interesting editing art content with our with our videos. Yeah, that's he what just we kind of put to do. gameplay in the background. And I was like, man, yeah. this is really lazy. But your research it's, is spot on, so I can't be too mad. It's efficient, <laughs> yeah. you know. So. But, but anyways, I'll go ahead and get to it. Um, yeah. So apparently, and just correct me if I'm wrong or anything like that, the Ubisoft is making the new Ghost Recon game, mm-hmm. and they were being attacked over it. Actually, well, they're previously being attacked for the Division Two, because yep. although the Division Two was set in America in a kind of a post-apocalyptic kind of America, kind of sorta. Yeah, there was no touching of anything political, and you know they had to you have to rescue like the president in the division two, and it has nothing to do with Donald Trump, and they're not trying to you know make America great again or nothing. Like Ubisoft was like, we don't want nothing to do with that. It was pretty smart on how they handled it. You know, oh, pretty yeah, clever. It's really, you smart. know how they handled it because like mm-hmm. you would think like, how would you be able to create a game around those issues, or not even issues, but around that theme? Yeah. You know, without talking about America, but hey, they found a way to do it, and yeah. more power to them. Mm-hmm. But um, and then it's also so basically, Ubisoft is kind of under fire now. It seems with, I guess, are with, they really? Well, they're 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 under fire by a by a loud minority. Mm-hmm. And who makes up that minority? Oh man, I would say gaming, like, it, it seems like it's just gaming journalism. I'm not sure exactly which companies exactly it was I was attacking, I just don't remember. Mm-hmm. But basically, it's the gaming journalist version of BuzzFeed. So it's like those, that kind of people where they're like, they push issues and they. It's issues that people don't even really care about. Like, the, the majority don't even care at all. Which, can you even call them a minority? That's the weird thing. Like, these game journalists, who are supposed to be the voice of the people, aren't the voice of the people. And not at all. Don't, don't even make up... I'm not even sure if they even make up a percentage. Like, we're talking like 0.011%. Like, they're so small compared to the vast, larger ecosystem of the gamer community. You right. know? And they're trying to be the voice of millions of people. Yep. Creating issues that, like what we say, aren't there. And it's really smart for Ubisoft to not even take a position. They're just saying, like, this. they're just creating a game that they want to take, that they want to create. Right. And in the process of creating that, they know, like, hey, we don't want to touch these subjects. And that's fine with us. You know, so why can't you be okay with it? And the fact that they're being smart to say that we don't want to even touch the issue we in general mm-hmm. then it's like okay well where's our material you know the people behind the desks behind right. the computer you know it's like well okay we have a company who's being super safe and they're a big company ubisoft is a huge company yeah. you know you know i mean you could definitely say they're definitely in the top you know third-party developers right now uh, yeah they're, they're, ubisoft has been around for a long time so yeah they're pretty up there assassin's creed's pretty much you know it's floating that balloon <laughs> but I guess my main point is like now they're like okay I don't know who who what editor did this but they're like okay you know we'll do a we'll do a you know a 180 on them mm-hmm. instead of letting them do the f up 
we'll create the f up <laughs> yeah you know we'll, we'll, we'll create the issue you know like okay well you don't want to talk about politics we're going to make you talk about politics yeah you know um and oh who what this is interesting because it's not just gaming but also i'm not sure if you heard about this but e uh not ea um espn okay espn recently um past couple days came out and said they did all you know disney and official and stuff like that you know a lot of a lot of business talk Mm -hmm. but it's basically like okay so um through our research um we see that politics in our content is not um advisable it's not um you know it's not uh wise to do our 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 audience does not like that but it's like it's not like that no shit sherlock moment (laughs) like do you really think that it was that hard to come to that analysis basically it was the analysis of they were losing money because people are not tuning in to football games with the whole you know like for example like colin kaepernick and stuff like that you Uh know him his whole political stand and stuff like that and you know trump against the the nfl players and stuff people just don't want to see that you know well so okay interesting thing about that um oh this is a all right all right so oh man this is a hot take man this is, I, I'm about to make a lot of sports fans really mad, but if they do their homework and they look it up, they may not be that mad at me when I say this. <laughs> okay, so football, basketball, baseball, um, a little bit of soccer, but not so much. Uh, soccer doesn't really deal with this that much because it's more international. Yeah. But uh, the NBA and the NFL are both in a state more so the nba uh is they're both in a state of like the lowest they've ever been kind of financially mm-hmm. and viewership wise mm-hmm. and it's not only just the political things that are going on but our generation is more interested into the esports type deal to where hmm. Esports is actually causing a massive split in viewership and market share by like a large like a, 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 like I didn't know until I looked it up, but there are some League of Legends games that are bigger than the NBA Finals. If really? I were to, if I were to tell like my dad that, he wouldn't even believe me. He'd be like, "You're a liar. There's no way a bunch of nerds are." watching League of Legends, this this dumb computer game, more so than the NBA Finals. But there, like, if you ever look it up, you know, get you some free time or whatever, that stuff happens, like, all the time. Mm. And, I mean, not yeah, not to take away from it, I, I wouldn't say that, like, it's not huge, but, like... Right. Because I, I was going to say, is, is it esports or is it just, like, digital media in general? Um, well, I think... I, I say esports because, like... It's a direct comparison. It's it's direct comparison, and then it's also you're watching. So you're basically yeah. If I were to call it something, you're watching competitive television. Yeah. So you're watching someone yeah, or compete. people perform or yet yeah, compete. Yeah. Right. And I mean, I'm sure you remember those uh, articles about how they were going to have esports like in the Olympics and stuff like that. It's no. Like, yeah. They, apparently, um, it's not. Is is 2020 the next Olympics? Yes, sir. I believe so. I believe so. Yeah, Japan. They're supposed to have esports in that one. Yeah. 
So it's just like it's next year. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so it's that felt like, so far away. Those so not, not only are they dealing with the whole political thing, um, they're also like trying to combat uh, how people aren't really people people aren't really into like basketball and football and sports as much as they were just because there's a barrier for entry kind of sort of like you know you gotta be able to play gotta have talent yeah if you can't play it's kind of hard to even relate but any my grandma could play league of legends Mm -hmm. you know so it's just like super low oh you just gotta just download it it's free you play it and it's like if you play it for like a month you'll kind of know what's going on and then when you watch people do it at the professional level Mm -hmm. like you're like like even i'm not really a too big league of legends fan but if it's on like on twitch or whatever yeah those stadiums are packed like Mm. it's like a stadium like you would at like a football stadium kind of packed (laughs) so that'd be interesting to look up like how big are their esports stadiums and stuff they're massive 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 um you know, yeah the, the thing with i guess our generation that we're dealing with like, like you know our, us millennials and then then gen gen z yeah. coming up um yeah because like every, we're, we're so tied to just you know our electronics to where it's like it's just everything is just accessible by our by our fingertips you know yeah. and before you know like say if you want to do a pickup basketball game mm-hmm well, first you got to get a group of friends. Yeah. You know, once you get those group of friends, you know, say like four people, then you got to go drive out. It's like, oh, well, we can't drive. <laughs> you know, we'll go, let's take our bikes. <laughs> you know, okay, some people can do that right. to go to the park. You know, but not at, a lot of suburban areas. Man, that's gonna be a minute to get there. You know, it's not gonna yeah. be that easy. And then the parents even let you to go out there. Oh, you know, God, that's a whole. <laughs> you know, yeah. So man. like. So, but that but basketball is like one of the more easiest easier sports to get into you know oh, yeah you could play it's, it like just you know you don't need pads and all the equipment yeah. you just need the ball and a hoop and you're kind of you're pretty good but even that's even hard but let, okay we'll, we'll do football hmm. well okay we don't have a football field readily for everybody but i guess you can do a little pickup at yeah. you know at your backyard or whatever mm-hmm. but i mean even that's limited and then baseball if you want to say like the big three of sports basketball football baseball okay we need a whole baseball diamond to do that and you gotta drive out to another park yeah yeah (laughs) there's there's all these different barriers and so like it's i guess almost natural Mm -hmm. just how uh, we've quick Mm -hmm. thing quick thing uh he he meant he meant the big three in america for anybody oh, that's from like e- true oh dude man they get so mad dude that oh, is so true i'm man. sorry football <laughs> i mean soccer and yeah yeah there we go yo we get politically correct out here man yeah oh my goodness uh, <laughs> for all our international friends that are out there <laughs> i'm sorry we're, we're america we're a bunch USA, of narcissists usa usa <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know what? Yeah, because baseball's America's pastime. Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> but hey, I mean, look at Japan. Japan, Hideki Masui. You know, I mean, Godzilla. He's he's a huge for over in Japan. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's retired, but you know. 
Uh, but yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you're good. You're good, man. You're good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So like, all in all, yeah, it's just we're, we're we're our hobbies are dictated by our environment to an extent. Yeah. And our environment is a lot of technology. You know. Well, I feel like um, I'm gonna try to like go back to the where we were going on before or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like a lot of companies are uh, specifically gaming companies. Uh, yeah, well, actually, them even more. They seem to be the most afraid, more so than anybody else, kind of sorta. Mm-hmm. Um, when they see these articles that are posted and they see, you know, how many clicks and how many views these articles get, because they're at number one whenever you Google something about their game. Um, I think what it does is it kind of, this is going to be really weird. This is like a half hot take, I guess. <laughs> can we do those? Yeah, we can. Those do, we can have this. Yeah. <laughs> this will be the first one we've done. Usually we just do hot takes. <laughs> but, um, I feel like when they put those articles out, they, um, are kind of brainwashing people into thinking that. Mm. So I'll give you an example. Um, I was on Facebook, right? Just kind of scrolling randomly. Mm -hmm. And I see a meme of Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, I've never seen a single episode of Game of Thrones. Don't plan to. Not really interested. (laughs) Not my thing. Whatever, whatever. But I saw a meme. It was like something to the effect of like uh, the first picture. It was like, oh, yeah, Game of Thrones seasons one through whatever. And it's everybody's all thumbs up smiling. And then, like, the next picture is, like, Game of Thrones final season. It's just a dragon burning everybody, and everybody's all on fire. I think I like that meme. I think I know what meme you're talking about. Right. And so (laughs) I saw that. I had a conversation with somebody at work, and I was like, yeah, I heard that last this last season of Game of Thrones really sucked. And they go, oh, yeah, it was horrible, because this and that. Now, mind you, I've never even watched it, but... Mm -hmm. I believe that because of something I just saw very briefly online. Mm-hmm. So these articles that these you know people put out, like, oh, Ubisoft isn't political enough. They may see people may see that really quick and, yeah, and be like, it. oh man, you know what? They're right, man. Yo, Ubisoft, why you not? Why you not down with the red, man? Why you not Republican or Democrat or whatever or LGBT? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's just like they are kind of forcing people's minds to go in that direction and even side with them for like a brief inceptioning. moment. Kind of, sort of, yeah. It's really interesting. Hmm. Uh, well, I would like to think that not everyone is so, I guess, gullible mm-hmm. to just believe whatever they read, but people who are within the fandom, yeah, they they know what up they're educated right but not everyone that deep i guess into whatever particular thing that they like you know and so yeah because like we we can't inform ourselves upon everything so where we we give some level of trust to these companies you know to inform us to an extent right and then we can do the due diligence if we're really that invested to get the broader picture of the whole situation Mm -hmm. you know and so like 
in passing, yeah, people can like, huh, that's interesting. So I, I guess, yeah, people don't like that. Or I, I guess that game is pretty good because people say it is, you know. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, Anthem. Yeah, from what I've been hearing, Anthem's not that good. I mean, it's not my game, but huh, that's what I'm hearing, you know, mumbling around the community and stuff. Right. And then they just they just go away and they just you know go about their business. So it, it it's, it's it's tough because I because. I guess it's up to us in the community to keep them in check. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess that's that's the only way that I can think of, of of combating it is us to call them out on their BS. You know, your Kotaku's, your you know, uh, Mashable g- game, um, you know, whatever the game. Verge, all those. Verge, yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever your cup of tea to you know of gaming outlet mm-hmm. or journalism, you want to call it yeah it's up to us to just you know go out there's like no that's not how it is but like how do we inform everyone else it, it's hard yeah. it's a losing battle you know there's way more of them than it are of you you know so to speak you know as far as informing people um well, it's it's funny because like even if you do address it and address how they're they're wrong or you know misinformed or whatever mm-hmm it still isn't like you're still fueling the fire in a way yeah because then you're just trying to because they're still getting clicks and views and people are still looking so it's like oh i wasn't even going to say that aspect i was thinking that you were basically just doing the same thing as the journalists are doing um yeah to an extent and then it's like even i guess the viewer would say like oh you know can i trust this person that this this one single person Mm-hmm. Uh, their opinion over a journalism company's opinion that yeah. may have had some tr- like a lot more truth mixed in with some lies some political lies or whatever it's like whose I guess whose portfolio is more trustworthy at that point yeah so uh, that, that, that makes sense because yeah, when I when I um this thing about this idea i was I, I can't remember where i saw it but people were like talking about like you know we're seeing more sites like the wall street journal or even like forbes you know oh. talking about you know gaming yeah. topics and but they're not even being the more you know saucy hot takes that are you know you know um conflicting amongst the community mm-hmm. it's they're just talking about hey reviews sales you know you know your 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 average stuff yeah but they're dipping their toes into all of it you know and like these are like outlets that haven't been i guess maybe i don't want to say corrupted but are like lost their way or whatever because yeah. i mean there was you could just say that each of those sites like your kotakus and stuff had some level of integrity that everyone did respect mm-hmm. your ign's and stuff oh yeah but Along the way, since everything's getting so bloated, it's like, how do you shift through all the sea of content? It's like, okay, what do I pay attention to? Right. And then you to it, and it's almost like, okay, I'm just not going to look at anything because it's just like I can't trust anybody. But then you have the more unlikely sources. It's like, I didn't know Forbes did gaming stuff. I mean, I never messed with Forbes before, but it's like it's almost Forbes' way of 
engaging with the current demographic, you know? Because, like, you would say that Wall Street Journal, Forbes, are more older sites. Well, I feel like they're, um, and this is just me, just like, if I had to guess, well, I don't know if I'm even get. Basically, I feel like Wall Street Journal and Forbes' audience mm-hmm. is more, um, generally speaking, probably people that are about 40 plus. Yeah. That are, if not retired, you know, they're on their way to retirement. And as far as financial stability, they are very, very stable. And, you know, their lives are kind of set at this point. Mm -hmm. And some of them may be even on the the upper echelon of life where they just make, you know, just obscene amounts of money. Mm -hmm. And because what I noticed what Forbes and Wall Street Journal does is that they, as far as gaming is concerned, they only present facts, numbers, and statistics, and which, you know, they're doing a good job of those things, keeping it, you know, keeping it accurate, but I think it's a good and a bad thing because I feel like they are kind of uh, showing, hey, gaming makes money, so why don't you make a game and it's this old dude with uh, too much money that he knows what to do with it's like oh well I could take my whole 401k and just make a game like Fortnite and the kids will eat it up and I'll make more money to send all my grandkids to Harvard oh let's do that and it's just like you think this is is where the um, investors are coming in I, I honestly really think so because I know a lot of investors read Wall Street Journal, Forbes, just because that's all they talk about is just people with money. So yeah, that's their demographic. That's pretty much it. So I, I'd imagine they're getting a lot of people like that in there. Which don't get me wrong, I think that is a good avenue for people that are like trying to make up and coming games that are like actually going to be good. But then there's the ones that are people who are like, oh well. How much money can I make out of this? You know, yeah, they're not really in it for, um, I guess, the art form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, their, their motives are a little bit mm, not short-sighted, but just just different. Yeah, you know, their own their own intentions. Yeah, and it's tough because this it's kind of also relates to like the Disney thing we were talking about before like yeah. they have money and <laughs> we want the industry to grow yeah. but it's like how do we keep how do we grow but keep our integrity yeah. that's like the, the never ending question for our, anything you want to you know if it's with any sort of artistic art form to it mm-hmm. you know it's like keeping the integrity keeping gaming genuine yeah. you know it's it's an uphill battle and it's never easy and because uh, like I won't say the end word but nostalgia mm-hmm. it almost makes you feel like why can't we go back to the days of like you know the late nineties early two thousands where people were making games because like you you felt like they were generally passionate behind it not to say there's no passion nowadays but it's less influence by other things I feel like um, okay this is really interesting but there's a um, if you ever get a chance there's a show on I think it's I think it was Netflix that I saw this uh-huh. it's called um, it may be who it's either I think it's Netflix but it's called like the 90s and then the 2000s and then the 80s or whatever 
And basically, it's like a, like a eight or ten episode series where they break down like all the pivotal moments in just pop culture and just life of people in the '90s. Yeah. And one thing that I noticed in in comparison between the '90s and 2000s, and then today. Mm-hmm. The 90s was probably one of the biggest jumps as far as like um, advancement in, in technology, like probably. in the history of mankind. Yeah. Like the 90s to 2000s. And if you notice, because there was no PlayStation in the 80s, right? There was no. nothing that amazing. Like DVDs got like invented during this time period. You know what I mean? Like PS2 yeah. and all those days. But if you were to go to today, we haven't really made a major jump, so we're kind of just getting more of the same. Our our bigger jumps are more in like how much we can do with the technologies, like memory. You know? Yeah. So like flash drives hard drives stuff like that mm-hmm. that's where we're seeing a lot of the advancements but they're like it's way it's more back-ended stuff yeah you know that like but yeah like basically reinventing how people consume media that happened between the transition between the 90s and 2000s you know right and today we haven't really we, we have not gotten any steve jobs or any of these people who just create these Actually, no, that's not true. Only person I can think of that might be doing that, but I think his plans to get it done is a little far off. Is probably just Elon Musk. I'm gonna say yeah. Yeah, but and he's not even in like the same, um, you know. I said what ecosystem is what is what we are. You know that he he's doing his own thing. You know. Yeah. It, well. I mean, I guess he memes like he is kind of. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he he watches like anime and like he plays video games stuff like that. But I think apparently his top animes are Full Metal Alchemist and yeah, Card Captain Sakura. He, he changed his profile <laughs> pic to uh, I think it's Ed. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. He changed his profile pic to Ed, and then he's been dishing out a bunch of Card Captor Sakura memes. Yep. <laughs> so he's which is hilarious. He's in touch with all that kind of stuff. So I, 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 I'd imagine he he would. I wonder how old he is. Um, he's like, if I had to guess, I think he's like in, in his, his 40s. Like, yeah, like 40s, almost 50. So he's like, he's not like a, a young, young guy. He's just kind of just been, you know, he's been woke to all the gaming and just st- anime and stuff since day one. He's, he's a real one. <laughs> 47. Yeah. Your typical white dad. Yeah. Um, yeah, as far as age. As far as yeah. his interest, I wouldn't say typical. I, I was oh, really no, surprised. Yeah, no, yeah, his interest, no, anything but typical. Yeah. But like, the persona, you would think, like, oh, yeah, he just, you know. Yeah. The average dude, but no, yeah, he, he is cultured. Mm-hmm. You know? What makes him so cool? He just seems like a fun dude. Oh, know? yeah. Really, really funny guy. Um, very much so a, uh, a bit of a maverick of our time. Like, he's... He would, you would think he'd be, you know, suit and tie, super robotic, you know, yeah. on some uh, Mark Zuckerberg type stuff. <laughs> but, um, you know, if you see him like doing, inter- I've seen like a bunch of his interviews. He's wears like very relaxed clothing. He's got like on like a leather jacket. You know, you graphic like, tees and stuff. Yeah, he's he's chilling. And everybody else is all, 
oh, uh, Mr. Mr. Musk, uh, this and that, da, 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 da. and he's like, yeah, yeah, this and that, da, 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 da. and he'll smoke like some wheat. Yeah, I think this and that, you know, he, he's very just overly relaxed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool guy though. Uh huh. But um, I feel like yeah, just the whole maybe this is the problem with the remakes and just kind of just everything as a whole it's just we haven't advanced that much from the days of 2000 to 2010 Mm -hmm. so like we haven't really made any huge jumps as far as technology and other things are concerned we kind of just been doing more efficient ways of doing the same thing kind of sort of yeah but then like there, there are people out there, mm-hmm. you know. But maybe, maybe they're not doing it in the means that we would be way more. Um, maybe, maybe they're not doing it within the taste set that we like. Uh-huh. So, like, what about people like, um, what's the guy's name? Stock um, Scott Coffin in uh, Five Nights at Freddy's, you know, mm-hmm. or like the guy with um, Minecraft. Mm-hmm. Or even um, the guy who did Undertale, um, Toby Fox, mm-hmm. is that his name? I think, you know, these are people who are creating games, you know, for their own passions and right. innovations, mm-hmm. and they're genuinely creating something new, you know? Um, now, those guys, I would say, are like the Steve Jobs of, like, gaming. Yeah, but they're on a smaller scale. Right, yeah. You know? yeah. Steve Jobs and all that kind of stuff, they do things that kind of affect the entire world. Mm-hmm. But these, you know, like you said, the Minecraft guy, the Undertale guy, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's, they're cha- they change the whole world of gaming with those yeah. things. And for good or for bad, but we can't deny that the introduction of those games has introduced a whole lot more people into gaming. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. You know? But is that a good thing or a bad thing? Who are we to say if that's good or bad? Because, uh, hmm. I mean, it definitely widens the pot. Yeah. And, and, like, are they not gamers? Yeah, that's another... It, it, it's weird, like... I hate it, but in the same breath, I mm-hmm. think it's really cool how, like, a bunch of, like little kids can go play Fortnite and do the little Fortnite dance. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just having fun. They're just having fun just being goofy little kids. And I'm like, you know uh-huh. what? Back in my day, that was our Tekken. Or that was our SSS Tricky. Well, or, and then also, know, like... Or a Halo. I would have gotten made fun of for doing that. They'd be like, yeah. oh, you're a freaking nerd. But today, everybody's doing it. And I'm like, you know what? That's good that they didn't have to go through that. True. But that's it's way more yeah it's just mainstream yeah for better or worse <laughs> yeah <laughs> and like did i tell you about the kid when i went on my our spring trip with my family about the kid i met in the elevator i think he had like a pokemon shirt or something like that no he had a ninja shirt oh yeah 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 yeah. i remember you telling me yeah. and i had a whole little well he he mostly was controlling the conversation because like i don't know he was just happy to have someone's attention and just and just you know talk about his passions you yeah. know because like i can't what oh yeah i had a jamaica jersey on okay you know i had a jamaica jersey on you know um jamaican football jersey for our international friends yeah, all right yeah. 
<laughs> USA. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, that's such a cool shirt. I love it. I wish I had, I was able to get one, but my mom wouldn't let me." Mm-hmm. It's like, "Oh, that's okay, man. But I like your your ninja jersey." He's like, "Oh yeah, thanks. I like it too." It's like he he just goes off and like how he watches Twitch and how he likes ninja and Fortnite and all the dances and all that stuff and like, yeah. you know, it's like it's like two generations coming together because like this kid was like. I don't know, like maybe maybe 11 right you know you know and it's like I, I, how who am i to take that away from him you know he, he's a gamer you know and his, his idols or you know people his um, um mentors you know in pop culture is like ninja yeah you know and stuff like that where we had you know Goku, you know, yeah, people that I weren't was, even real. <laughs> yeah, ours were more they're real fantasy us, though. characters. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, so like, I feel like that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That it's not that that I guess the old traditional traditions are changing. You know, at least for that generation, it's different for you know for them. You know, ooh, hot take. Ooh, 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 ooh. ooh okay. Huh? All right. This is that hot pocket. You pull out the microwave. You're ready to eat it. You take that bite, and your whole mouth is just a scoldering blaze. All right. This is this is a hot take right here. Uh huh. All right. So, if Goku was real to us, right? Mm-hmm. But we know he's fake, and Ninja is real to the like. How real is that real life person to that kid? Yeah. And how real are they in reality? Because I see. I see parallels in the fact that, like, when these YouTubers and, uh, hell, I'll, I'll bring up the example, um, Pro Jared, for example, and all of his, <laughs> oh dear, yeah, all that whole thing, right? So, Pro That's Jared, what you want kids, yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> say no, Pro Jared, and even, um, what's his name? What's the other guy who does the who's in Beauty that recently got? Oh my goodness, James, James Charles. James Charles. Okay, so these are people that are huge and they have people that are look up to them as idols but then you see this other side to them and you realize that all of that was a facade so it's like are the cartoon characters that we looked up to more real than these people because you know we know goku yeah but do we we don't really know like pro jared and like so is it better to look up to a cartoon character is it better to look up to an actual person as like a little kid i mean comes back to integrity yeah you can say that like there's more value or at least theoretically there's more value in the real personality right yeah because they it's something way more tangible you know they they can you know way more personal and transparent with kids and like or just their audience in general to be an inspiration and a role model that's the word i was role model you know they would say like oh yeah that's a decent role model to have Mm -hmm. but yeah when you peel back the curtain how real are those role models are 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 they just creating characters themselves right from what we've seen these youtubers that are wildin man this is to a level i've never seen in my life this I is mean, insane it, like, all at once i mean i feel like etika just start, was just the tip of the iceberg yeah. and like everything just like came down well it maybe even started with like mcns taking away oh, mcns and all dude the what was it uh defy defy yeah, media, defy media crashing yeah. down everything mm-hmm. and then 
everything starts unraveling, people leaving their NCMs and then people going out on their own and then it's just like, oh my gosh, you got the King Nappy and that whole Pokétuber Pokétuber crap going on. Yep. And Pro Pro Jared, like we said, Mm -hmm. um, I I feel like we're missing one because like there's so many Um, James Charles Charles. and like Tati. And like, just when you thought that James Charles was like the bad guy, it seems like now now she's the bad guy. Well, you know, so like, it's funny because that's what's going on with the pro Jared thing now. Wait, what, bro? Okay, <laughs> how could you spin that to me? All right, so, so, so check this out. Check this out, right? So we got receipts on this guy. <laughs> so the lady that he was involved with, his wife uh, Haley, I think I think it's Haley. Uh, yeah. Um. So he, sorry if we get the information wrong. Look, this is just off the cuff, man. Yeah, it's off the cuff. You know, if I get the name wrong, like I think you can fill in the people can fill in the blanks and kind of know who I'm talking about. Quick Google, Google search, man. They'll get whatever. it. But don't get don't don't get your panties in a bunch. That's all we're saying. Yeah. But um, so basically, she blasted him on Twitter and her social medias or whatever, right? And now she's playing this victim card, as in like she's talking about how. Oh, I'm a survivor, and this and that, and yada yada yada. Like, like, like he was like assaulting her or something like that. But he didn't, and she never said that. But that's kind of how she was acting. Well, not that he was assaulting her, but like he was like making advances on straight people, and Wait. that weren't actually gay. Oh, you're talking about James? Tr- oh no, no, I mean the pro Jared thing. Oh, oh, I'm I'm getting the two stories confused. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah, okay. Pro Jared's girlfriend. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. Or wife. So, so yeah, wife. Okay. ex ex wife now, but. Okay. So she's spinning yeah. it and saying, oh, well, she's been, she's a survivor and he's been doing yeah. this and that to her and making her feel bad, right? Okay. But there's another side that she, because she's giving a lot, because she's, she, what she did is that she screwed up. She gave away some details that screw up her claims because they were in a polyamorous relationship. You mean an open one? An open, yeah, basically an open relationship. Mm. And apparently she knew that Jared and this other lady liked each other. She knew it. She already knew. Yeah. She knew she was, that other lady was also and they, married. They, they were all best friends. Yeah. So they knew that they were all like, you know, doing it with each other or whatever, whatever. Right. And then and she said that she knew that. And then the other part of it is that she knew about his secret uh, little kitty blog or whatever. I did hear about that. Yeah, so it's just like people are, she'll, she'll, you know, she'll talk about how she's a survivor and blah blah blah. But then somebody yeah, will, if somebody will reply and be like, "Well, wait, you knew about him doing this and doing that, so you're just as bad as him." And da 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 da. So now it's like, it's 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 getting flipped back on to her now at this yeah. point. But it's like, is she really as bad as him? I mean, come on, he's he's not committing the crimes. Well. Technically speaking, I mean, she's committing a crime by not revealing it, reporting it. She's she's in the you eyes know. of the law. I believe she would yeah. be an accomplice. Yeah, an accomplice accessory. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, all it would take is for the Verge to say, "Oh, Pro Jared and his wife both diddle little kids," and be like, "Oh, dang, Haley, we didn't know you was like that." And it's like she can't defend herself because. She's in jail, so it's just like, oh crap, you know, Haley and well, him. Are they actually going to go to jail? Um, I don't think so. I don't. That's I don't see anything about anything, any type of legal battle. All these battle. people going crazy yeah. and acting nuts. 
getting outed as pedophiles. Yep. And none of them are actually getting, you know, due process, due to, you know, justice to any of them. No one's getting prosecuted. Yeah. As far as we know. Why is that? Like, uh, we just, we just gonna go out here to destroy people's clout, and that's it. Okay, damage done. You know, they, they they've served their their sentence. You know, they've been they've been they've been dusted, and now everything's fine. Well, why are we not? Why aren't things getting taken further? You know, I feel like it's here's an interesting thing, right? I feel like the way that it's being done today is worse than going to jail because is it uh, in, in in some ways yes the reason why i say that it's still roaming free to to fulfill any pleasures they may have fulfill, doing what they were doing before well see that's the problem because when you go to jail right you're just in jail like you're you're there you're in a box nobody gonna mess with you except for people that are already in jail yeah if they even know about you right to be quote unquote reformed. Right. Now, if you're out on the streets and everybody in the whole social media space and just the, you know, just the living, breathing world knows about what's going on with you, how can you apply for a job? But do they really know? I mean, when they, people, people, jobs do background checks, all they, they Google everybody. Yeah. So if they Google, you know, Haley's, Haley's name or Jared's name or whatever, and Jared, I mean, if I had to guess, what would he do for money? He'd have to just do what he's always been doing. But what company, what internet-based company is going to want to deal with him? Mm-hmm. Well, that's what, so, so you go outside of internet tradition. You you go outside your wheelhouse. What could he do? You know? Who's to say that he can't go for, you know, generic pu- uh, publication? Go to go into just like a, a news journalism oh, thing? They wouldn't allow that at all. He, he, he would have to remove himself completely from the internet mm-hmm. and then like if he does that and, and, and if I had to guess I don't know if he has like any type of other skills as far as like not internet based mm-hmm. he'd have to like I don't know like do construction or like wait tables or <laughs> you know you know it, it would it would mm-hmm. drastically change his life into something that he's never done before in his life that he may not even be good at so it's like he he's a prisoner of the world forever instead of like a prisoner in jail because if you're in jail and you like serve your time and you come out i've noticed that like people as long as they don't go back in and do stupid stuff they have a pretty smooth ride whenever they come out kind of sort of yeah as far as like celebrities and stuff goes I just, mm, I guess it's the idea of them just roaming free to inflict any harm on anyone else. It's just, this, this doesn't sit well with me. Right. You know, because I mean, it, it, it doesn't, it almost makes us accomplices as well. Because mm-hmm. it's like, well, we knew about this guy and we no one, no one turned him in. No one had him arrested. Right. So we're not doing our due diligence either. And if anything were to happen, heaven forbid. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be our fault. It'd be on us. Like you could before, it was just their inner circle that knew, but now it's like everybody knows, and no one did anything. And if something were to happen, 
Because like, hey, there's nothing wrong with just getting a part in a full-time job in, in retail or whatever. Right. You know, he can do stuff. What if he was an accountant? You know, he can do a, some uh, go to accounting firm. We don't know what what degrees he may have. Right, and that's a true. consultant. Yeah. You know, there are other things outside of, I guess, just, I guess, journalism that he, that he could do. Right, right. You know, I'm, he can be a, a marketer. You know, I don't know. Maybe. And he, I bet you he could craft a portfolio that would not compromise his image for a job interview that could look. Well, his name would be right at the top of it. And they would, these, these companies, they know. Like they know, mm-hmm. they Google everybody. They run background checks, and those things will pop up immediately. And they'll be like, "Oh yeah, um, we don't, you know, hire even potential pedophiles, right?" So it's just kind of like he, I, I, I couldn't think of what he could do, um, especially to support him financially, because typically, typically when those people have those kind of finances from just because he was at a, a, pretty much a million subscribers, so I, I can assume that. He had a probably a way above average lifestyle. So how do you sustain that? Like, you know what I mean? I mean who knows? Like even before all this went down, he wasn't uploading videos for months. Mm-hmm. I mean, like he, he took a pretty big hiatus from YouTube and somehow actually gaining subscribers. I think he was maybe doing stuff on his pro Jared plays channel, his let's play channel. Yeah. So maybe he's doing more stuff there and on Twitch. So maybe he's building a persona there. Probably so. Increases. But um, but yeah, on the YouTube side of things, he, he pretty much said, eh, I don't need to be as, you know, up and up with it. Mm-hmm. Well, as far as like people just kind of um, sitting and just kind of watching it happen and not really reporting, mm-hmm. um, there is a, I think it was a, is a psych, psych, psychology study. I forget the name of it. But basically, they tested to see, like, what would happen if somebody would... No, 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 no. Actually, no. I remember now. There was a study done on a woman was screaming in the middle of the night at, like, 1 in the morning or something like that because she was being robbed. And by 3 in the morning, uh, you didn't hear screaming anymore. Yeah. And then by, like, I think 10 o'clock in the morning or 9 o'clock in the morning... Uh, the police found her dead mm. but they found her they didn't they didn't like get a call but they just found her mm-hmm. and so what happened is is that psychologists got a hold of this and did a case study on it and they kind of kind of grabbed up the people that were kind of living around in the apartments that could actually hear the screaming mm-hmm. and the reason why they didn't call the police is because they thought the other person would call so it's like naturally people are all kind of waiting for the other person because they feel like oh Mm -hmm. i don't have to do it because the other person will do it and it's kind of like um when everybody gets their phones out and records stuff even though it could no matter how violent or grotesque it could be they're all just recording it and somebody can be like call 911 call 911 and everybody in the room thinks that oh they'll call 911 i don't have to they'll call 911 and it just goes around the room and ends up nobody calls the police at all <laughs> it's it's freaking crazy but we're naturally kind of not always wired to be that way but it happens more yeah it, it happens a lot not more often than people beta, think. beta i guess more beta mentality 
Um, I wouldn't say that's beta mentality necessarily. I would just uh, say like, just like people are kind of taking the initiative. Yeah, just naturally, just they don't want to get involved basically mm-hmm. into somebody else's drama, kind of sort of. They like watching it. You know, we all mm-hmm. love watching reality television and watching yeah, the drama. So hypocritical about it, like yeah. this gaslighting and uh-huh. calling people out. You know, it's like in the anonymity of the internet, people are able to be like, oh, yeah, be self righteous and everything. Like, oh, that's wrong. You should be doing that. We're going to call you out. Yep. You know, the, everyone's going to be on your P's and Q's yep. on the internet. But once it gets away from that, um, people's people's bark is louder than their bite. Yeah. You know? It's crazy. That hypocritical world we live in, man. Uh, I mean, that was. <laughs> I mean, that was heavy. <laughs> yeah, that's just as depressing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just not a uh, not the happiest thing, but it, it is what it is. That's that's the world we live in, unfortunately. But mm, hey. so yeah, I hope people are better than that. I hope we can get better than that. You know, I, hope so too. I doubt we do, but I hope we do. <laughs> <laughs> no, glass half full. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, you know, I hope they pour water on my glass, but I know it's going to stay empty. <laughs> <laughs> All the servers. Oh, I thought you were going to pour his water. I thought you were going to pour his water. Oh, okay. He's going to pour it. But you're actually assigned to that table. <laughs> I thought that was your table. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Um well let, let let's lighten the mood. Um well the next topic isn't I mean it's lighter, but uh It's, it's something we can have more fun with. <laughs> it, yeah, oh god, I, I get to tell this story for this one. <laughs> <laughs> so story time with King Black. What what what's what happened to you today? Um all right, so, oh wait, 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 wait. Okay, no, no. Uh, open up with the topic first, otherwise, it's not gonna make sense. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, a little background history on us. Mm-hmm. We play Final Fantasy fourteen, as we said earlier in the podcast. Yep, yep. And so, let's see. The main topic of our discussion right now. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Mm, ah, we are full. Our community, is, at least from what we see, it is a bunch of we wants, we wants, we wants. Yep. We want this. We need this. We need that. Gimme, 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 gimme. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So, for anyone who does play fourteen, you. you all right, just. Hold your hearts. It ain't that serious. Just opinions, observations. Don't take anything too personal. But Final Fantasy XIV community evolving into a community of narcissists. Could this uh, to people wanting uh, what is it? Uh, oh, here it is. Yeah, what are your thoughts on the Final Fantasy community with everyone thinks it's their way is the best way? Is the community full of narcissists? What makes them so entitled? <clears throat> All right, here we go. Let me rub my hands together for this one, man. This is whew, 
because I'm about to offend some people with this story. <laughs> okay, so there's a guy at my job. Um, he is a, he's a cook, and I'm kind of, I was kind of training him to be a cook or whatever, showing him the roast, blah blah blah. And he was like, "Hey, what are you into?" He's like, you "No, know, he was saying he's into Yu-Gi-Oh and video games, stuff like that." And I was like, "Yeah, man, you know, it's been a little while since I played Yu-Gi-Oh, but..." You know, I'm into like anime and video games too. We're like, oh, cool, cool, cool. So we started talking about just just general games, and then he brought up the fact that he played Final Fantasy XIV. I was like, oh, for real, man? I was like, yo, I played that game for like like six was it like six years, maybe something like something like that, a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like, oh, really? And I was like, yeah, man. He's like, oh, well, that's awesome. And then he started talking about like what he did in the game, uh-huh. and this is where it, it hit me like really, really hard. Like who exactly I was talking to? Like a ton of bricks. Oh man, dude, I I felt like I was in the twilight zone. Like I thought he was. <laughs> I, th- I here I'll, I'll I'll just explain. <laughs> <laughs> so I asked him. I said, "Yo, um, so when did you play? Like, did you play like you know during?" Heaven's Ward, or like the, are you OG, or like you know, did you play during uh, Stormblood? What'd you think about Stormblood? All that you know, excited for uh, what's the new one? Shadowbringers. He's like, oh yeah, I played in, in Stormblood, and I was like, okay, that's cool, man. So you're kind of new to it, blah blah blah. He's like, yeah, fresh, fresh, right, right, right. And but he apparently he played it before Stormblood too. Okay. So this is a Realm Reborn, right? He told me that his main thing he did, he was a Dragoon. And I was like, okay, and cool. A Realm Reborn? Yeah, his main thing was a Dragoon and a Realm Reborn. Oh, so he has been playing for a while. Yeah, he's been playing for a little minute. He'd be considered a veteran. Yeah, well, he, I guess he was off and on, so he didn't really oh, consider okay. himself a vet. Okay. That's okay. There's more to that part. <laughs> okay. No, no, we'll, okay. We'll tell your story. Well, I guess it will happen organically. We'll okay. get to it. So, and I'll go ahead and just get to it. So, he told me that his favorite thing on Dragoon was tanking. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? And this is me just trying to play it cool with my coworker. I was like, oh, really? You like tanking as Dragoon, bro? He's like, oh, dude, I love it, man. So, this is what I did, right? And he's getting all excited. So, I'm just kind of just hearing what he has to say. Uh-huh. And he goes, yeah, I used to go in dungeons and raids and I would tank as a Dragoon. And I was like, oh, how did you do that? He's like, okay, so check this out, man. Like, I did this thing, it was so smart. He goes, I- My job, Crystal. <laughs> that was worse, man. <laughs> he put a bunch of vitality into all of his armor. Uh-huh. And then he like, just what did he say he said he put like lifesteal into his bill somehow uh-huh. and he was saying yeah that's how i was able to tank and then the tanks used to get mad at me because i was there like oh do your job you're not doing your job you know we're not gonna win blah 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 and he's like but i didn't care i just kind of did whatever i wanted to do and i hate that roles exist in this game you know everybody <laughs> just they just need to just have fun and be able to do whatever they want and mm-hmm. so then I tried to like kind of talk some sense into him a little bit. I said, well, you know, Dragoons are usually a DPS. And so if you're tagging as a Dragoon, like you're not really 
doing your job. He's like, oh, well, my healer buddy would always keep me alive, so it didn't matter. <laughs> and then I was like, okay. He's like, yeah, I hate those elitists that always talk about this and that. And, da, 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 da. and then I was like, oh, well, to be honest with you, man, I was a super elitist whenever I played that game. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, oh, really? So you did all the rating and stuff like that, too? I was like, yeah, you could say I rated a little bit. Yeah, 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 whatever. I was just trying to downplay it or whatever. Yeah, I'm not trying yeah. to, wasn't trying to be bragging or anything like that. But um, he goes and says, uh, well, I did a ton of rating. I even, I tanked in all the raids as a Dragoon. And, did you clear any? Well, okay, here's the beauty of this. Uh-huh. Each time he played it, he only played for a month. <laughs> so these are like bite-sized injections of yes, implying. but there's a reason why they're bite-sized he said that the reason why he didn't want to keep playing because he felt like it didn't make sense for 14 to want money from him every month uh. <laughs> yeah yeah bro yeah he's like 14 needs to be free to play I don't know why the heck it's not free to play and I was like, bro, do you know they got expansions and this and that and blah, blah. He's like, oh, well, they don't need to. They just make it free to play and then we can still have all that stuff anyways. I was like, uh, how do they make money? It's like, oh, that doesn't matter. They need to just do it for the players. That's what players want. That's what players need. And I asked him, I was like, do you have any, like, have you seen any, like studies on that or any, any forums or anything? It's like, oh well, no, I, I just know. Like, come on, man, you know, like you know, players want that. Like everybody wants that, and that's what's best for their company, man. That's the only thing that's gonna make their. It's like I guarantee you, if they don't make Shadowbringers free to play, nobody's gonna play the expansion. Nobody, <laughs> not a single person. And at this point, I was yeah, just like pretty much checked out. <laughs> My, I, I felt like I was in the twilight zone, man. I, I couldn't even comprehend some of the stuff he was saying, and it just. But he believed it as fact, every bit yeah. of it he was saying. So, this guy, I felt like he is the embodiment of all the people I see on the Zalera Facebook forum and all the Final Fantasy forums, just complaining about just like nonsense and then doing stuff in the game that logically is nonsensical as well <laughs> well this guy i'm even surprised that you even met him i know right it's it was a oof, man it was ra- i work with him now too so like <laughs> you see him every day I see him almost every almost day, every day. <laughs> like so he's a real he person seemed- i promise <laughs> He seems like a uh, like a super extreme to like some people in the community, but I understand the connection that you're making. Yeah. Um, just the fact that the game should be tailored to how they envision it to be. Yep. Bottom line. Yep. And the community of fourteen is definitely split up into I guess three three segments at least just to, to simplify things oh uh, yeah yeah I, I see what you're saying I see, I see where you're going with that so the spectrum is laid out you have your quote unquote elitist right you know on one end of the spectrum then you have the quote unquote casuals 
mm-hmm. I guess, which would be the role players, you know, people who really like the cosmetics of the game, who just look at as a, as a, as a community game. Yeah. You know? That's more of your crafters kind of yeah. sort, generally speaking, crafters. Um, um, yeah. And then in the middle is the average person. Mm-hmm. But it sucks because we all know that there are people from all different types of walks of life going to the forums and saying how the game should be. It's super diverse. Oh, yeah. And it comes down to how it's a full time job. It's like, how do you shift through any of that? (laughs) You know? Now, it's like, okay, well, there's, is there any, there's no bad idea, is there? It's like, well, because <laughs> uh, like, if we, we don't want to silence people, right, yeah, you know, just, right. just because we don't agree with their take on the direction of the game, mm-hmm. you know, because that stunts, you know, progression, innovation, whatever, maybe that's just too strong of a word, but <laughs> it stuck the possibilities of like, okay, what what could possibly be in the you know, just the sharing of ideas, right? But uh, uh, I'm like I'm like picking my words here. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, just say this is off the cuff, man. We're just letting it fly, man. We don't care what nobody says about this from 14. Like this is just. Because, you know, it's got to come from the heart. Like, you know, you could just say, you just lay it out, man. Say like, what you feel. Look, we, we play the game. We, we fell in love with the game for certain aspects. Yep. You know, certain aspects of like a lot of people, a lot of people like the story. Yep. You know, a lot of people like it. The fact that it was just Final Fantasy and it was tied to Square, period. You know, a lot of nostalgia was tied into that. Then you have people who actually played it for the content and like that the raids, the dungeons, the hard fights. And if we're just going based off of ARR, mm-hmm. that was where it was at, you know, you can just say we're grumpy old, you know, veterans, but that's where it was at its peak. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's, that's what I feel too. <laughs> um, where the identity of 14 was clearing the content, you know going through the raids to the fighting this you know the, the super bosses going titan extreme to this day mm-hmm. is a hard fight yeah. you know for people and people sticked around and played it for that content you know wiping to twintania you know wiping to nail oh T9. god jesus christ <laughs> you know it's, so it's like okay so we see different things that like we know what made 14 successful mm-hmm. you know and so I was like okay if that's what made it good and that's what where the core audience was built off of why not continue to cater to the core audience um is that what you're getting at um well I kind of was like noticing just the uh, I don't know it was just interesting meeting him mm-hmm. because I felt like he, although a little bit extreme in, in some aspects, but I think he was spot on in some others. Mm-hmm. I felt like that is the not the majority of the fourteen. Well, maybe it it, it seems like it is the majority. It's growing, yeah. It's 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 a it's a growing cancer. Yeah, it's it's slowly becoming the majority of players. But it's like mm-hmm. 
we've seen the fights change over time. Yeah. Become way more uh, accessible. Right. You know? Um, yeah, people who've gone through the fights in in Stormblood, mm-hmm. they, even though those fights are newer, I'm not sure. They would still have a rough time going through the fights of ARR. Yeah. And not because it's dated. It's just because what's asked of you is way more strict. Yeah. You know? Then the mechanics are way more tight. It's less forgiving. You know? Well, I feel and, like... um, uh, and not, to, not to segue too much into something else, but um, the way 14 is now... 14, to me, at least I think what I'm feeling... And what I hear other people feeling that play World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. 14 is kind of going through that same cycle where, like, Classic WoW is about to come out soon. And the reason why people love Classic is actually, weirdly enough, the same reason, almost the exact same reasons why people like A Realm Reborn. Because, like, A Realm Reborn only had, like, one difficulty. There was no, you know what I'm saying? There was no, like, you had your extremos and your normal modes, which that was different. It was just for primals or whatever. But, like, as far as yeah. the raids, you just did the raid. Yeah. But now, when they introduce Heaven's Ward and even more so in Stormblood, you have these normal modes of the dungeons or whatever, which that would be, like, in wild terms of today. I think that's, like, your... Uh, heroic mythic and then like mythic plus or something like that yeah it's basically the same cookie cutter format but i feel like they're just running into the same problems because the wow community and all the gripes that they have seem exactly almost brother and sister comparison to like the 14 community even though they're separate games but i feel Mm -hmm. like 14 is kind of um, not fully copy pasting World of Warcraft, but they're doing like the same similar structure. But I think they're going to end up going in the same route as WoWs, <laughs> where they are now. Well, that's interesting because like we're getting a we we can't ignore the fact we're getting a lot of WoW refugees into fourteen. That's true. A lot of them, yeah. you know, and fourteen's probably seen some of their highest numbers, you know, that, that they've seen between in between expansions you know mm-hmm. especially for this period this is this period is definitely where you see the lull as far as people playing you know engagement and stuff like that right but i would have to say this may be one of their highest points at least looking at those um those time periods you know the in between between arr to, to heaven's ward the in between from heaven's ward to stormblood stormblood into shadowbringers most people from those respective points in times of those expansions a lot of them are playing are, are a lot of the population is probably being overshadowed from the wow community people coming over mm-hmm. and driving that that engagement which is surprising i mean usually you don't see that um and so i know your take on it is like that's not gonna last no, it's not. Also, like, there's a thing about the about World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy. See, World of Warcraft, the players from that game 
are more so your um uh hmm all right if i were to divide them like politically speaking mm-hmm. i feel like from if I, were, if I were to divide wow and the 14 community as far as like where they are on the like the political spectrum uh-huh. i feel like wow is more on the right like hard right Mm-hmm. And then fourteen is like super super left. Like there, that's in in fourteen your likelihood of like meeting like a legit like feminists or like uh, liberal people stuff like that is like people that are like massive 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 supporters of the LGBTQ community that like actually go to like parades and stuff like that and host events. Your your likelihood of meeting those kinds of people is are super high in that game. Which is nothing wrong with that. It's just like those groups mixing is not going to end well. Because I remember meeting some people that came over from WoW to 14 while I was playing. And what happened was is that they were too hardcore for the 14 community to handle. Because hmm. WoW people are more like you have to actually fill out an application to join their guild. Like, that's how a lot of guilds are in World of Warcraft. <laughs> uh-huh. 14 has none of that. I think I can only think of, like, probably maybe a couple of free companies that are like that. Ooh, some people on Elysium. I mean, yeah. uh, on, on Gilgamesh. There's probably no more than, like, six. But World maybe, of Warcraft is, like... Um... P-World... I mean, so the P World's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Those guys have been playing video games together for like the past like ten years, or maybe even more. Uh-huh. So like they're a really tight knit group that like they don't really like deviate too much from the people that they've already been playing with prior, kind of sort of. Mm-hmm. So that they're, they're a little bit, or at least their their main raid group or whatever. Um, but yeah, they, they come from that those days of like you need to fill out a literal paper application and like sign it date it somebody's gonna print it out put it in a file cabinet and they're gonna give you a call back to see if you oh my gosh i i cannot make like that is i know that sounds like a meme and a joke but i mean like those people are like they're serious to a level that the 14 community's never even seen before i've never even seen before i've just seen it now that i've been kind of doing a bit of digging into the WoW communities because it's just interesting just trying to get to know and understand uh-huh I guess the past kind of sort of yeah uh hmm I guess from the testimonies that I've seen and unfortunately like you know a lot of it's anecdotal mm-hmm. you know just from personal experience I mean I've seen people say this is a breath of fresh air for some people mm-hmm. coming from WoW to 14 you know, so I'm like, wow, everything's just so way more laid back. You know, not as serious. I, you know, I can just do things without, you know, worrying about, you know, upsetting people. Or these people are way, way harder to upset compared to people in WoW. You know. Well, that's, I think that's because of the period that the game is in right now. Because at this point in the game, before expansions are around, you don't really interact with people much. There's, there's most most people are just kind of just playing on their own because they don't really need people. But 
as soon as the expansion drops, what usually happens is that you need people for raids, you need them for dungeons, you need them for fates so you can level. No one does fates. No oh, well. one does fates anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if you have like alts or whatever, you kind of sort of, you kind of sort of have to do at least do a couple fates. You know, while you're queuing up for a dungeon, of course. Well, you just go to Palace of the Dead. Oh, jeez, God. Yes, that's what you do. Is it's the fastest way to do it. Well, just go to Palace of the Dead. If you're doing, especially if you're DPS, Palace of the Dead, go from one to fifty. Well, that the, way. The veteran pl player knows that, but this is like you know the average. I think the average player won't even know. Because like the um the the, the mentor and the, the network, the mentor mm -hmm. network chat. Yeah. Fourteen. On my alt, since you know I'm not in it on my main character. Mm -hmm. But my, my main character is you know, up to date. But my alt, since he's been away for so long, um, he got put into the, the network. And wow, just to see how many people are actually talking in that chat mm -hmm. on Zalera is quite impressive. And a lot of them are new people um, talking to um, to veterans and uh, mentors and stuff like that. And they do give them advice. And like a mentor is gonna tell them, like, look, just just cut the BS, just just go into Palace of the Dead. Yeah, you may get tired of it after you know grinding it up to like 30 levels or so. Okay, take a break. Go queue up for a dungeon if you want. Go do leveling for a little bit. You mm -hmm. know, if you don't mind the queue times. You know, do a, do a leave here and there in between that mm -hmm. or fade. But they're gonna get back on that, you know, Palace of the Dead grind once they get some breathing room it, it, it's the most efficient way to do it i mean unfortunately well, even even in palace of the dead i think they can't escape from that the fact that they're going to inter come in they're, they're, those those two groups are going to come together at some eventually point, just because the game forces you to do that right now not so much when the expansion drops it's going to be a lot and also, really, really quick thing. I think the whole mentorship system is a joke. Like that—that that is the most. Well, it wasn't the thing. greatest thing to begin with. I mean, it was just a, a status symbol for a lot of people. I even mean like it's an it's an its existence in its entirety is an absolute joke to me. Oh, people trying to mentor of the newer players. Absolutely, is it a one? Is it a one hundred percent joke? Why is that? Because it's like if you have a person. So okay, this is this is my philosophy on like mentorship and like classes in that game right mm -hmm. so th if i remember correctly the rules to become a mentor is that you need to have like all of the like general trials done or whatever and then you need it's, to have oh go ahead it's um level up right. um at least uh the main role is to 60, so have a tank up to 60, have a DPS up to 60, and have a white mage up to 60. Right. And on the opposite end of that, you gotta have a, a crafter up to six up to 60. Right. Because it's, it's 60 because that's when it was implemented in Heaven's War. That was exactly. the max level at the time. Exactly. And they haven't changed that. Yep. And then after that, you need to have so many battles um, done as well. Uh, let me see it's like a thousand battles done like a thousand like trials or whatever mm -hmm. would may qualify for that I don't know if I see 14 mentor requirement 
Qualifying and Mentor. Certain achievements, these two. Oh dear. Okay, I didn't want to spend too much. I thought it was just going to be quick. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a little, it's a little. Uh, but, but anyways, all those things. Yeah. Um, oh, here it is. Okay. Mm. You need to have, so like the jobs, like I said, you need to have completed a thousand dungeons, raids, or trials. Oh, and then, God, that's even, okay. <laughs> Go ahead. And then, which, I mean, by nowadays, that's pretty lenient because you, I mean, because you can combine dungeons, raids, and trials together to get up to that thousand. Mm-hmm. And then you need to have 300 player commendations as well. Oh, dude. Okay. So this system is even worse than what I thought it was. <laughs> like, I was going to go in on it, but it's I have to super go in. This system is trash. <laughs> because you can achieve all those things by playing the game for only like three, four months. Mm-hmm. And it's just like... Super easy. What happens is it's, it's essentially the problem that the community is facing right now where... You what, will, the blind leading the blind? Yeah, you'll see people on the for- Facebook forum saying, Oh, well, hey guys, I'm trying to get into raiding and this and that. Or, hey, anybody got any rotation tips for Ninja or whatever? And it's all these people that are like, Oh, yeah, I have the mentorship and I I maxed my Ninja out and blah, 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 yada, 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 right? But if you go and look at, like their history as far as like them doing content mm-hmm. they they're not even really qualified to even speak on the class because just because like there's a huge difference between somebody that's like rated as a ninja and then like really rated as a ninja I'm not saying that in order to be actually no I am kind of saying that if you <laughs> if you're not like at the if you're not at the tippy tip top of FF logs, like don't even be a mentor for a class, bro, because you're wasting the other person's time. Because those people, generally, what I've noticed mm-hmm. is that when people come to you for advice about a class or whatever, they're trying to like they're trying to get good. And what happens is, is that they'll get advice from these people that are like they'll pretend in their minds they think they're amazing, but they're really like not even. Uh, they're beneath subpar <laughs> so it's just like these are your mentors like really and and in the, especially for the people that have like maxed out everything mm-hmm. people that have i've noticed that the people that have maxed out every single class in the game are some of the worst players in this in the entire ecosystem of 14 because they are a user of many but a master of none yeah so it's just like and I, I hate to be random about this. I'm probably going to get a lot of hate for this, but and I don't really care because I don't play no more. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, man, that mentorship thing, that's some crap, man. It really makes... It, it doesn't make players better. It makes the majority of players actually get worse. So then I guess I can now what, what's the what's the main objective of the mentorship program? Is it just to make the players the best that they can be? Or is it just to make the journey of playing through the game to max level a little bit easier for people? I think neither one. Huh? I think neither one. Well, I would think Square Enix objective in implementing it is to to nurture the process from getting from 1 to 60 or 70 or 80, whatever number, the easiest it can be. You know, finding where 
um, trials are, finding where, you know, quests are and stuff like that, just to make the process as smooth as possible from beginning to end, well, you know, then, not so much. Then why are there requirements to become a mentor? Like, I think, I think the whole purpose of the mentorship thing is to make people feel special whenever they become a mentor. At first, that's definitely what it was, you know? I mean, I, I won't even lie. I definitely grinded out my white mage to get up to 60 to get it. Because mm -hmm. I had everything else. I just didn't have a mage. So I was like, yeah, why not? Right. I want a crown, you know? And at, at the time, since Square doesn't like to... Um, not they don't like idolized. the crown players yeah they don't like to basically like they don't like they don't like the crown players which they should yeah. do that but they don't they don't want to you know reward people for their i guess loyalty or you know say like just say like to segregate people and say like hey i've been playing for this long i'm a veteran you know the most that you'll see of that is the 1.0 tattoo that people have and the special chocolate they get from playing 1.0 mm -hmm. the legacy players you know they do it for pvp rankings you mean the rewards? Oh, well, no, there's like a rank. Like, there's a rank oh, one yeah. PvP player, but they mm -hmm. don't do it for like rating. Like, they, they do it for PvP. Oh, because and they do it for casual. into PvP, or at least not really. People are, apparently, because there's, there's a whole like PvP community. Granted, I think it's a joke, but I mean, like. But, like, how small is that demographic? Like, they are 1% of a 1%. It's it's smaller than the rating community yeah and that, that's exactly my point so like, they're, they're crowning we, all the communities except for the rating community well are they really crowning it because no one pays attention to that it's this own little island of players and content that no one pays attention to i couldn't tell you who's on the pvp rankings and no one else in the community could unless you're part of that community so they're their own little click so to speak well they also rank guilds hmm? they also rank guilds and free companies and do people actually look at them it's on their main website for the lodestone maybe maybe i'm detached because like i feel like like who really looks at this it's, it's well, that doesn't mean it even mean anything it's and i, I know maybe maybe you don't look at it but i've had conversations with people that say like oh man this guild is the best guild in the whole thing. I'm going to switch to their server. And I've actually had conversations with people like that. And at the time, I'm like, wait, isn't Elysium the best guild in the game? At, at, at least at that point, because they were, I think they beat some fight or whatever. And they're like, oh, no, Elysium who, man? Those guys, I never even heard of those guys. Da, 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 da. And it was just like, what the heck? So PvPers get their crown. The... Casuals get their crown, which is the mentorship. But if you are a hardcore raider, and just you know, frankly speaking, you don't get dick. You don't get nothing. <laughs> and I guess what you could just think that like Square is just like less less toxic if we do that. I mean, <laughs> why is why is that fair? Like I don't even. I know I'm not saying it's right, but yeah. I guess as, as a developer standpoint, it's like saying, you know, picking and choosing their battles not to make people feel excluded they already do and, with the mentorship <laughs> like no one cares about it that's why it doesn't matter because we all know it doesn't matter at the end of the day so like having that it, well it, but people obviously care because they shoot for it 
just like you, just like you said a few minutes ago, right? Like you were like, you know, like yeah, that was me back. That was like what four years ago when that was relevant, right? Like, but if you're was, a, if you're a new player and you see people, if you're brand new to the game, just wet behind the ears, you have no idea that the mentor system is a joke. To you, it's going to be a big deal, and PvP mm-hmm. will be a big deal to you. But as far as like raiding, raiding has no. There is no raid scene. The raid scene is just created by the raiding community. 14 has completely neglected that community, just like they've done for years. I mean, the only thing that like, people would say that that um, you have your trophies and your crowns would be the mounts. You know, oh, you, you, oh man. That is, people oh, like the mounts. Come on. No, I'm serious. Oh, all right. I'll give you another. I'll make it even worse. Palace of the Dead had a ranking for the number one player in Palace of the Dead to solo content. Mm-hmm. That has a ranking that's made by Square. Yeah. And they're just going to give mounts for the raiding community. But these other people get like actual like things that are like distinguishable, kind of sort of. You know what I mean? Because. because- House of the Dead is not in the spotlight of the game. PvP is not in the spotlight of the game. It's not front and center on the main page. People are not looking and seeking out that. Even if your casual, hardcore rating is on the front page. Rating is not on the front page at all. It's in the front page of people's mindsets. Yeah, but why... If, if it's in the front of people's minds, right? Why doesn't Square do anything about that they, they, because they, they don't want people to feel excluded but they already exclude people with the pvp rankings because and the mentorship are, things are are insignificant in the larger picture of things people actually don't care about that that's 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 why i'm i'm what i guess why i'm trying to make my point is that all those things that people have titles in in pals of the dead pvp you know all out of this all the other side content is irrelevant to the larger scope for some reason rating is put on a pedestal and looked under as such scrutiny of ec- the, the thought of ex- exclusivity in in um in rating is blasphemous people get up in arms that's why we have things like normal mode and um savage mode implemented into the rating tiers now people felt or hated to feel left out even though all that you can just the toxic word of get good you know people just need to get good if you can't get good then you know tough luck but people square was not was not willing to take that boy you know to take that risk so they implemented a normal mode for people to go through so they can still experience the fights the story and then they thought that okay well the next best thing is to implement a savage mode for people but if we go even further to exclude people and, and, and put a title rankings or whatever, I feel like they feel like that'd be going too far. Well, I don't see why. Why not? I, be, I don't even I, I really don't no. see the reason. Like, I don't see the logic behind, like, not mm-hmm. doing that. It, it, it seems like it seems more logical to do it. <laughs> no, we have to to. Well, they don't have that, I guess, luxury anymore because they've already pulled their punches in the past. I mean, steps of fate. Steps of fate proved they, they, they had. There was a, they were at a crossroads with that fight, mm-hmm. leading into ARR to Heaven's Ward. 
they gated content for, for for once, you know, for the first time. Well, not even for the first time, but, you know, main story content was gated right. behind a fight. And it was, was it a hard fight? Nope. I wouldn't think so. Was it an unorthodox fight? Yep. Maybe. But that doesn't, for some reason, people got up at arms and did not want to, they got agitated. Mm-hmm. They got cranky. Well, Maybe a little bit entitled. Well, wait, they they, couldn't, they hmm? did it again after Seps of Fate. Well, well, no, yeah, that was I've been saying Seps of Fate is the first time that happened. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and true. there after that, there was no turning back. Right, right, right. You know, they could have set a standard. It's like this is what we're going to ask of our players. Hmm. You know, what you would. This is the minimum. This is the bar that we're going to be setting for people to be able to pass. You know, and have the skill and ability to do so to right. progress. Well, they're like saying, like, well, it's more economical and financial and in our best interest to make the fight a little bit easier so more people can get through and not get frustrated and just quit. Well, see, that's an interesting thing because that is the exact same thing the WoW community is complaining about. That same thing where they are making the fights easier and easier and easier each each expansion and from the way it looks i don't think 14 is going to have as long of a ride as world of warcraft just because there's too much competition in comparison to when world of warcraft was around Mm -hmm. so the way it looks like is that i think they got like probably two more expansions because the other problem is that 14 releases content a lot it's so, so the way square does it with 14 which is another problem but I, I hope they fix this for their sake but they release two small amounts of like their content is too small every every single time they release something mm-hmm. so they will release you know um you'll have a raid tier and then you might get like a dungeon or two and then that's kind of it you'll get a primal after once the raid tier is kind of gone a little while you'll get a primal you'll get another primal and then you might get some more story or you will get some more story 100 percent they're gonna add in some gimmicky thing like i don't know crafter battling or some dumb stupid crap like that randomly Mm -hmm. and then they will finally add the next raid tier now the raid tiers are only four fights. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, they have their own difficulties or whatever, but if I remember correctly, World of Warcraft, the way they do their releases, they release entire wings. So it's like you're not being, you know, you're not being dropped into four fights. You're being dropped into like seven or eight fights. And they all have their levels of difficulty. So, like, they each have, like, I think three or four levels of difficulty for all eight fights. So, basically, you're just getting the whole expansions, fights, or raid tier all at once. Well, and then you're getting stuff added on even after that. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, that's one thing I've noticed Square has a problem with is content drought. Because right after an expansion release, re- releases usually everybody plays and is gung-ho about Final Fantasy 14 for a month and then they all leave 
and then the raid scene comes out they come back but usually about a quarter into the raid scene everybody leaves again because they're like oh well the raids are too hard or these are too easy and then then there's the people that only log on to even raid and then as soon as raid is done for the week they leave and never come back until next week so it's just like i don't think that that's sustainable from what i've seen at least now i'm not as educated with wow stuff hmm. um in their progression on their um their expansions from what it seems like is that that you just basically get the content all at once so yeah you're not going to have a drought super early on like you would with 14. right but you see that drought later you see that drought you know midway through the expansion you know if you're lucky and people start don't retain as long you know you don't get a steep drop off in the beginning it's basically it's, it's stagnating the drop offs i think what 14 is doing so we, we may have a fall, uh, fall, uh, fall off after the main story of 4.0 or 4.0, you know, 3.0, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. the initial launch of the, of the expansion. But then after that, it, Square's idea is like, okay, we're, we're going to entice them to still keep engaged with us later down the line. Mm -hmm. It's like, come back, you know, two months from now, and there's going to be more content to keep you playing within the expansion cycle which is roughly two years sending out drips of content within those two you know within the two years to keep people coming back you know every other month or so mm -hmm. is what they have things planned so they they stabilize the the um the content uh they stabilize they, they stabilize the content drop and they stabilize everyone's retention time and engagement well but see that's i think that that is problematic because so the only reason why world of warcraft got away with it for so long is the fact that it was you didn't really have a choice as far as like what mmos to play for a long long time now today square kind of came with 14 at a time where people were kind of getting tired of wow and then a bunch of other MMOs came out, but they a lot of them just kind of failed and fell through. So now people have been kind of afraid to make MMOs. Well, Square failed as well. Well, yeah, they failed along right. Well, I'm talking about more along when A Realm Reborn was out. Mm. Because I think by that point, um, Terra had kind of already died and then a bunch of other ones kind of came out along with 14 that just couldn't really make it all the way through and it was just 14 that made it so it's just 14 and wow pretty much currently but it's been like almost six seven eight maybe nine maybe not nine well how, what year is it 2019 it's been like seven eight years actually so now I think we're approaching like a kind of a new generation for gaming and I've been noticing that there's a lot, 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 lot of MMOs in development that are actually going to be coming out like this year that I feel like, I don't know if they'll necessarily, you know, I don't think they're going to kill 14, but I think that if they keep doing this content in little bite-sized pieces, mm -hmm. They're going to get people to come back, but I think the amount of people that do come back are going to slowly over time get smaller and smaller and smaller as these other MMOs get 
more and more stabilized as far as their communities are concerned. No, yeah, and Square can't stagnate. And I'm mostly just trying to give like the other other side of the the other perspective, I guess, of all the overall situation. Yeah, I got you. You know, because like it can't be denied and unstated that we've been getting less content overall. You know, relatively speaking, as the expansions have gone on. Yeah. In ARR, you know, we had we were guaranteed three dungeons yep. every single patch. Right. And then in Heaven's Ward, that got reduced down to two. Yeah. Now I think nowadays it's like one. It's two. It's yeah. It's it it. it, it or now, is it is it kind of random sometimes? Seems like seems like sometimes random, it's one and sometimes but it, it, it's two. It fluctuates. It's, yeah. It alternates between two and one dungeons yeah. every every patch. So that's what we're doing. But either way, progressively, we've gotten less and less content. Now, other people will argue that they've tried to make up for it in other ways by they've been experimenting more. We've gotten Palace of the Dead. We've gotten um, the treasure maps, um, you know, the, the Lost Isles, uh, Uznair, I think that's what it's called, in Heaven's Ward. Mm-hmm. Um, we also got Diadem in Heaven's Ward, oh, or Diadem, whatever you want to say. But yeah. unfortunately, with those experimental variety types of content, we've gotten mixed receptions between them, oh. you know? Um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, the best one coming out of Heaven's Ward was definitely Palace of the Dead at the time, yep. because it was fresh, it was new, it was actually you had some challenging aspects to it with the levels mm-hmm. um you know one to 50 was you know was a decent challenge for, for most people and then you know 50 to 100 or 100 plus you know that that was that's where you really got into the hard stuff and and oh yeah i'm, I'm even getting them a little bit confused there was even levels after 100 to 200 mm-hmm. that's where you had like okay that's your hardcore stuff yeah. you know you're, you're making pre-made parties and stuff and okay that was interesting and the dynamic was interesting as far as the mechanics and it wasn't your normal dungeon um diadem we're all gonna say it was a unanimous failure for the most part <laughs> oddly yeah. enough i actually really enjoyed diadem oh really yeah i thought it was really fun i think i don't know it was kind of cool how like the idea uh, is cool well it i think even the way it was executed was done right because and, and this is maybe sound this may sound weird but in a realm reborn i specifically remember oh okay all right all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So this all makes sense the reason why i liked diadem is because diadem felt like the days where you would go and kill like odin or like behemoth that felt it felt i got that same kind of vibe from them mm-hmm. that thing and i'm like oh yo man this is just like back in the day where, you know, all the shout chats and link shells would be like, yo, Odin's up, Odin. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you'd go fight Odin and he'd kill your entire server and it was great. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Diadem kind of brought me back to those days. Granted, it got a little stale after a while, which is, that just happens. But nonetheless, for those brief moments, I, I enjoyed it for the brief time that I did it. I mean... You unfortunately, I feel like you being the minority. Oh yeah, um, da- oh yeah, super minority. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and like the concept of DM was cool, you know, taking your FC, FC type content, 
you know, and going in there and queuing up to kill mobs. Yeah. But unfortunately, it wasn't designed well enough to play the way that I think they intended players to play. Yeah. Because, and we said this before in our other concept, flying has done a lot to hurt the game as far as engagement. Oh, God, dude. So the biggest thing with Diadem is like, basically, you would just look for the Aether Currents in the zone and skip out all the mobs. You know, you wouldn't fight with any of the mobs there. You know, yeah. you would you would just, you know, sneak past them, get the Aether Currents. If you died, your party would res you. And then you would move on. And once everyone had flight, okay, now we can go to the places where there really was um, the treasure chests that we were looking for and the important the important fates that were going to unlock um, other bosses and monsters on the map that you really needed to get to get items and yeah. you know your 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 um uh, one of those those tokens to get your 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 weapon pieces and stuff like that and your minions and all that different stuff it, that that whole flying thing that is a that's another thing that i think um from because i've now that so they, they released a beta for classic wire or whatever to let some people play it Mm-hmm. And I was watching like some gameplay and even getting like some of their opinions on what they experienced and stuff like that. And they talked about how much more um, how much more immersed they were into the game because they had to walk around. Mm-hmm. And I feel like once again, I think Square is just kind of copying the same thing as the now dying Big Brother MMO. And they're just kind of follow, like they're 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 literally just taking every single page from World of Warcraft that they've already done over the over the past. So they're just there are the history is doomed to repeat itself because mm-hmm. they're just I I it's almost hard to even put into words like how much these things are so 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 hugely similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. So I imagine that I feel like they're just gonna run into the same issues, and it seems like they kind of are. It's just now it's not affecting them financially at this point, but I know it will later. I don't know when later is, but it will. <clears throat> yeah, and um, I mean we've seen that just how content has progressed. They, they can't keep on doing that because mm-hmm. basically it's like a, a revolving door yep. you know people come in people leave people come in people leave and they seem to be fine with that you know um, I don't know except so, so, yeah we have seen it happen with WoW and people are now getting agitated with what was it Battle for Azeroth that's a new one uh yeah yeah you know and people are this is you know that was the last straw now, are we going to reach that faster with 14? I don't know. Yeah. You know, and 14's actually their main plan is like their their cycle for the game is like 10 years. So the game's actually pretty getting pretty close to that in general. Wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. What, what do you mean cycle? So the initial roadmap for the game, uh-huh. Yoshi P and the developers and stuff in Square Enix was 10 years. So the main line of like, you know, the, as far as the story from where we were in ARR to wherever we'll be from Shadowbringers and beyond was 10 years uh, mapped out. After that, you know, it was up in the air. 
now they probably know some stuff now you know judging on how 14 has grown over the years if you know what stuff they want to do after that initial roadmap roadmap but the initial roadmap and plan schematics whatever you want to call it was 10 years Hmm. that's hmm that's interesting and we're basically getting close to that 10 years yeah you know Mm -hmm. um because what arr was 2012 yep now it's 2019 so 2022 Mm -hmm. yep wow oh real quick thing real quick Uh (laughs) for for anybody you know listening or whatever whatever don't think that i like hate 14 because i don't i I played it for years and 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 i loved it it's just like it's kind of like a 14 is kind of best for 14 yeah well it's kind of like an ex-wife to me Uh it's like i i loved her and i always will love those moments we had it's just towards the end of our relationship she decided to change on me man she switched it up <laughs> she she wasn't you know she didn't you know she wasn't watching she wouldn't you know rub my back no more <laughs> she wouldn't cook me dinner after a hard day's work you know i used to come home from from like class and be like college sucks but 14's great <laughs> you know what I mean? It was, and then after a while, it got to a point. You know, it was like, my job sucks, and fourteen sucks. Ah, oh, I'm out. <laughs> We're getting a divorce. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I am, I do have my eyes peeled, and I'm, I'm, I'm still keeping up with like what's kind of going on. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm interested to see what happens with Shadowbringers. Uh, mm-hmm. See if they maybe they're finally gonna you know stop being stupid and like actually do smart things and not dumb stuff which i i hope they do because if they do do smart stuff oh i'm gonna play i'll be back mm-hmm. i'll be back on the thing and just to you know, you know be as toxic as i can and <laughs> link people ff logs and junk oh yeah we'll be back <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you still got the free trial that you still... You haven't messed with that yet, have you? So, I have two of them, actually. Well, yeah, I sent you one. You sent me one and somebody else did, too. So, I I guess I will, um... Well, I think you need to... I'd have to buy the expansion. Well, yeah, you have to buy the expansion when it does come out, but... Yeah. The the callback campaign, I think that's going to be ending soon, actually. Oh. Uh, oh wait, never mind. It's already no, over. It, it looks like it's gonna happen right before E3. Oh, okay. Hmm. So it, it ends on the twenty on um, June third. Oh yeah, I'm definitely not going. Yeah, it, it's over. <laughs> what, you're not gonna. <laughs> no. <laughs> you got time if you want to catch up. I mean, and you don't watch cutscenes anyway, like a scrub that you are. Yeah, but oh man, y'all, don't, don't get me started on cutscenes, man. Oh my goodness, that's... I do not care about that game story. I don't care about no little la la skipping around and some dumb. The la las are evil. <laughs> some little dumb little la la girl gets stabbed and spills her drink or whatever, and then she didn't get stabbed. She got poisoned. You stupid know uh, pink booby menphilia is whatever. <laughs> 
Man. Oh my goodness. And then this stupid uh, Raftalia Rahaban dude meme or whatever blocking off. I, I don't know. And then this pretty boy, Backstreet Boys, in sync samurai nerd at the kill. I don't know, man. They, 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 it's just all this dumb stuff that's in the way of the raid. Where, 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 where the real fights at, man? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, you crazy! I mean, don't even glory. mess with that if you want to. If you don't want to, some people would say you're the problem. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no, I mean, I have no problem with the other communities existing. Uh, I have fun with like you know casual players and stuff like that. It's just like I um, I'm in it. I'm, I'm more into games for like the challenge. Mm-hmm. So if a game doesn't really like challenge me mentally, I I get bored. Mm-hmm. So a realm of born man, those fights boggled my mind. But like the fights currently, um, they're by no means easy. But I feel like they are more about numbers and less so about mechanics if you get what i mean when i say that okay being able to perform under pressure and not so much just having bigger numbers to kill the boss yeah Yeah. it's just you know basically at the towards the end of heaven's ward a fight was basically won or lost by the fact of how much hp do you have Mm -hmm. not so much of how good are you at this fight to where I'll you, go to you at the dance. Yeah. Now, the savage modes, those are more so um, how good are you at the dance, but you still need the HP to get in. Mm-hmm. It's it's that kind of thing. And I'm not really a fan of that. It's, it's kind of like, cause especially if I get screwed on drops for like weeks, right? It's kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, well, crap, man. I, I'm sorry. I was 300 HP below thingy, but... No, no bard loot or dragoon or whatever the heck I decided to play dropped for me last week. So I'm gonna keep getting too tapped to this mechanic that's undodgeable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean that's for people who are people putting in uh, the vitality mills now. Man, we're talking with vitality mills and food and still dying. Hmm. But you shouldn't have to like do that. Yeah, you know what I mean. You should just be able to like go in the fight and if you're good enough you can win it's kind of like I remember I saw I think it was Xenos' group they did a level synced um, not level well it wasn't level synced it was like they did they did turn 12 Mm -hmm. with uh, you know Big Bahamut or whatever and I think they were all like level like 50 but I think during that time, the max level was like 60. That's what you mean they went back and did it? Yeah, they did it all at level 50, which they were actually below what they're supposed to be at. But because they were... Well, well I mean, Bahamut was level 50 fight. Was it level 50? Yeah. No, what, what was it that I saw? It was something I saw them do. can't remember what it was. Basically, what they did is that they handicapped themselves by level. And I... I don't really remember the details. I have to pull up the video probably. But they handicapped themselves by level and they were still able to beat the fight because they were just that good. And it was like, that was impressive to me. Not so much like of, oh, we got really lucky on drops for the past couple weeks. So mm-hmm. you know. they did a true minimum out of level. Yeah, 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 yeah. Basically that. 
you can't really do that anymore. Not really. Mm-hmm. Just because room-wide AoEs and, like, just dumb stuff like that that I don't really... I'm not really a fan of. But meh, whatever. <laughs> not my game. I'm moving over to Classic, boys. It's your boy. <laughs> Yo, you need a... Um, well, nobody needs a Warlock. I don't know if I even play a Warlock. But anyways, whatever. You know, I'm accepting guild applications, man. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, I mean... Uh, how many people you think are actually gonna be like engaged with WoW Classic? Ooh, Mr. Like, Cat, oh boy! Because <laughs> I mean, these are old uh, mechanics. Are people in this current landscape gonna be fine with that? I mean, yeah, you definitely have your hardcore people who are gonna be nostalgic and actually generally like those types of uh, gameplays with every, you know, and how uh, WoW operated in vanilla before what was it? Wrath of Wrath of the Lich King was probably like peak WoW from what I hear from people. Yeah, you know. Um, so like I, you, know. you, if you ever get a chance, I, I say look into it because this is this this is a huge, huge, especially since I've been seeing like what is actually in the game and what the game was actually like. This is everything. It does everything that fourteen like should be doing, but they just don't. Now, granted, it's not perfect, but. It's the thing that people are looking for, but I think they just don't know they're looking for it. Hmm. Yeah, that's all I'll say, man. Because, I mean, you can say there are reasons why they moved away from that stuff and why people kept on playing. Well, some of the stuff, they moved away from it not because necessarily it was bad. It's just because they tried something new and they set the new standard and they're like, oh, let's just do this now. They just kind of moved on, mm-hmm. but they've moved on and they've kind of, they wrote the book for how MMOs work today. So everything they did before wasn't all bad. A lot of it is like the foundation for a lot of stuff that you actually do in your MMOs and other games today, because it's just that old of a game. But, um, no, it was definitely a pioneer, Yeah, you know? It set the landscape for like, you know, groundwork and what how you would operate an MMO. It's basically the equivalent of how Square Enix pretty much has shaped the landscape for how RPGs kind of go down to mm-hmm. some extent. Um, the other thing would be probably Dragon Quest. Yeah. But with World of Warcraft, the only thing that would probably come close to it is, I believe, EverQuest, I mm-hmm. think. So. It's like these games are before like gaming kind of sort of. Yeah. So it's like they are the groundwork and a lot of the stuff they did that I'm seeing in in this beta that people will talk about and said, "Oh yeah, I remember it was just like this and just like that." And da, 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 da. It's it's a lot of interesting things that I think people should developers should really take notes and go back to. Mhm. And there's nothing wrong with learning from the past, you know, to because you don't want to forget where you came from. Right. You know, Um, and I guess there's always a balance between the two, you know, a balance between, you know, the old and then the quality of life changes just to make things more digestible for people. You know, a nice balance, I guess, between everything. Right. You know, and you could say maybe maybe 14's become a little bit too accessible on that, that end of the spectrum. But, you know, 
Well, they I think, definitely, huh? I feel like they're kind of like trying to <clears throat> reinvent the wheel too much. Mm-hmm. Um, just because they come up with these great ideas and they don't build upon them. Mm-hmm. Like your Palace of the Dead, um, the whole uh, the card game that's in that game. Uh, triple Triad. Yeah. Yeah, they just don't. They come up with great things, but they don't build upon them. They just leave them alone and then never revisit them. Well, Triple Triad, I mean, I guess how much more can you really build upon that? I mean, it's implemented the world. People know about it. They still have tournaments, but I don't know. But I mean, I guess a better comparison would be like um, like Diadem, I guess. But Diadem now is the would be would be compared to uh, Eureka. Uh. Because Eureka is like the new open world, open zone, I should say, mm-hmm. um, content thing. like Eureka was. I mean, that 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 Deedum was. Well, uh-huh. as as far as like Triple Triad goes, they can expand. I mean, Yu-Gi-Oh and Magic the Gathering are still like really really popular card games that still have like tournaments. And then I mean, Hearthstone, uh, the the game that's from the Witcher people. Uh, Gwent, yeah, those games have been around for years. Uh, some of them longer than Triple Triad, and it's like they can add things to that. They just, I just don't know why they just don't because people, people really, really enjoy them, but they just leave them alone and they just kind of just rot and die. Well, then I guess the counter to that would like, would you, would people want? them st- spending development time on a triple triad game when they could be spending it on the raids they don't spend development time on anything else hmm? they don't spend development time on anything else <laughs> yeah they do they, they eureka they, they 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 do it on a lot of side content that's what some people's are some people's criticism with the game now is that well but that doesn't make sense if they're bare if if the general public feels like they're barely coming out with content you see what i'm saying Mm-hmm. That that I feel like that counters that whole claim, but we know that that's true. So it's like they're not, you know, they're not even really. They aren't even like really even using their developers to their maximum efficiency, and everybody can tell. I'm not even sure if it's about their maximum efficiency because like. I think there's a whole lot more heavy lifting that they have to do than we than we realize, because fourteen. I mean, this also stems from but the new races. You know, the new races that everyone will like complain like, why didn't they just do, you know, one, you know, or both races with both genders? You know, just give us both genders with both races. Mm-hmm. You know, why cut corners like that? You know, or is like if you're gonna do it, just give us you know one race with both genders you know people complain about that stuff and well this all stems back to stuff with 1.0 the code of 1.0 is saying it's a hot mess is an understatement it's way worse than booty cheeks there's a lot of as they call it spaghetti code that is keeping the foundation of the game together Mm -hmm. that they can't really um, disrupt or it will it will cause more problems that would be worth the time that would worth more the time they have to, to actually fix it right um, 
and they still need to be productive and actually, you know, you know, produce new stuff on top of this new code. So it's like it's a giant layer of things that are just compounding on top of each other. So basically going through the code and going through assets and going through item management and all that stuff to accommodate it for the new races and stuff made it to the point it's like, well, we know people want a beast race. We know people want Fiera because it's a popular thing. So the most efficient thing for them to do while within the means of the code was to do one of each. You know, that was something that was feasible for them to do as far as the countless of different code, uh, countless of different um, uh, what's it called? Um, items in the game that needs to be outfitted for those new races, for those new poses and stuff like that. Going through a catalog of tens of thousands of items how, how many items are in the game well you then know. like so that's 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 an interesting thing because it's like well if you're putting your whole entire team or the vast majority of your team on just created characters and races what does that say about your game you know what I mean? Like you're not Some putting people enjoy that though. People are actually happy about these races. They 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 want that type of content. Yeah, but if you have a a bunny girl and you're in an empty world, then you know what I'm saying? Like what's the point? There are some people are fine with that empty world. Not to say that we would be fine with that, but there are people who just socialize on the game as a social sim. As a glorified chat room. People spend their subs on that. Yeah, but they don't market their game that way. Like, that's not their audience, though. I mean, I'm sure people do that, but that's not the majority of their audience. Well, fan feedback and word of mouth definitely does that for them. And I think that's one thing that they're like, I think they're listening to the wrong fans. They've been doing that for years. And, And what it does, every time they do, it comes back and it bites them every single time just like it did with this whole bunny race thing and the lion race thing or whatever bit them in the ass or what if it's just the demographic is shifting eventually yeah we'll get weaned out the people are more you know combat focused you know and then eventually it will just be left for the people who are fine and content with you know, mo- the moderate by sizes of you know battle content, but they also want to just interact and engage with friends and people, well, they, and RP and stuff like that. Well, like companies, it's hard for them to do that because, like, if you so, if a company decide if they notice that there's a shift in their demographic, right? Mm-hmm. That means they have to change their whole marketing plan, all of the money they've spent, all the partnerships they've done everything has to be thrown away and they have to start all the way over like marketing is like one of the it is the most expensive thing in a business it is Mm -hmm. so it's just like for them to start over and then make the final fantasy 14 dating game not only would they start going into competing against other markets they're not even a part of like they have to spend every single dollar in order to even get in these markets and it's they it's it's this is super super this is like a business like no no you just don't do this like this is a super huge no, no matter how much money you have why well, I, I think you're underestimating like the community it, itself i think a lot of people are just a word of mouth a lot of people are just bringing their friends in just because they know how well they know the type of content that they engage with 
and how so th basically the, the fans are doing the marketing for them spreading the word and outreach to that this is how this game is and bring it's bringing i mean we've seen it in the chat rooms and stuff and how the people are engaged then they're nowhere near like how they used to be well but that's not that many people like word of mouth gets you to get you far but money gets you way farther like and way way farther as far as marketing is concerned but even square's aware of this so like they know how the demographics and, and fandom amongst the community is preference to things so and yoshi has even said this to him, himself about um, how they um delegate what content they reveal at the different fan fests they save the stuff that's more combat focus for the north north american fan fest so more battle raids and all that stuff they save it for us and then they save the more glamour centric type things lore story and all that type of stuff they save it for the um eu um fan base over you know in europe and then uh the japanese fan base are more the side content that the ancillary content of uh, of the content uh like you know the side stuff for 14 the, 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 the 14 movie on netflix or whatever you know that that miniseries they have and stuff like that mm-hmm so like all the side content, like you know figurines and stuff like that, Yoshi P's aware of the landscape and how his play, the player base is changing. And I, I think I've even told you about this interview about how he's aware that the player base is not as focused about battle content as they used to be, and they're more focused about interactions and living in fourteen as a sandbox, so to speak. And just b being a world to live in and interact in with their friends. Well, that is a problem if they make that shift into that. Because they didn't start off that way. Mm -hmm. They're going into a market that they're not a part of that already exists. And it's massive. And I guess I'm, I'm thinking, like, what if this is happening solely over time to where it's just that it just happens organically and just it's, it's not good get phased out? It's not good for the business at all. It's not a good thing. It's not a thing you look forward to because what you, so it's like going from being a, actually, no, I, I, I think there's a good example of this. So do you remember the, you remember the Dead or Alive franchise, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So Dead or Alive for years was about fighting, just like Tekken, just like Mortal Kombat, just like Street Fighter. It was up there with all of those. Mm-hmm. So what Dead or Alive did is that they decided to, you know what? We have really sexy characters and our player base really wants to have sex with them or see them in sexual ways, right? Mm -hmm. So let's do volleyball. It's like, okay, jumped into volleyball. Not a problem. There are no volleyball video games. That's, that's great, that's fine, that's dandy. Smart choice, you're the only person in that market. So there isn't, you dominate that market. So it's smart. Now I said, you know what? Volleyball ain't enough. They need to have sex with those girls, 100%. <laughs> they need to date them, bring them back home, and bang them. That's what needs to happen. So, what does Dead or Alive do? Well, they make it into a beach dating sim game which is just as the same as like all the other games that exist in Japan like that. 
Now they entered into a market with a large amount of competition. And what did they do? They were in it for a couple years. But now they're right back to fighting games where they started. Because <laughs> it's not sustainable. Because they went in, in over their head. Because the idea is when you go into a market and you dominate a market, which 14 dominated the market as the hardest MMO out, period. That was, that was their main thing. That was the main drive. I remember reading tons of articles about it. It was like, maybe that wasn't their main focus at the time, or they didn't mean to do that, but that's what they were to the public. That's how people mm -hmm. played. So now, if they're trying to make this shift into like a more Sims-esque type deal, all it takes is for them for a new Sims game to be released, or actually they have so much competition with the Sims, so it's like now they're in a market that they're not number one in anymore. Well, Sims wouldn't be a direct comparison because Sims is an, an online thing. You know? I don't uh, know if that really matters to the consumer, though. Because the consumer doesn't see it that way. I think the consumer sees it like, this is a simulation game, kind of, sort of. You know what I mean? Or, or actual... Be, be, I yeah, think the, maybe the not novelty the Sims. of... Fort Oh, what's that? Maybe not The Sims. Um, what's that game? Second Life. Is that what it is? Mm -hmm. Yeah, sec yeah. And so in Second Life, people can go in and like have sex with each other's avatars. Shit like that. Which is the thing that the 14 community like pretends to do. You know, you see people mm -hmm. go in their houses and lay down naked inside the little hot tub. Mm -hmm. and <laughs> stuff like that. And I ain't gonna lie. I've done that before. With it, you, know, like, you know what I'm saying? You know, I, I ain't gonna friend. I'll be honest. <laughs> you're fake. You're a poser. You're part of the problem. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean that stuff is fun, but it wasn't like my main thing. That, that was mostly I, to I, like you know get girls and stupid <laughs> shit like that. I was like 17, 19 years old, man. You know, <laughs> don't judge me. <laughs> but yeah, but, they're in direct competition with Second Life and just like games like that. Well, I'm pretty sure you have to pay for Second Life. And it comes to a point to where, like, well, 14 set up a novelty of, well, you're getting way higher, higher quality content as far as the presentation aspect of it all. You know, prettier models, prettier avatars, all that type of stuff. In prettier environment, you get a fantasy world, to, you know, to, to fixate on the, you know, anime demographic, whatever. You know, so, I mean, you but can see that. What's the appeal, though? If people don't care about that, what if people just want to see each other's characters bang? Then what? Well, then that's the second life. I don't know, dog, because you are, the community is already simulating that in 14. So what you're saying that they're going to reach to a point where they're going to have a need that won't be facilitated? The player base is probably going to get to a point to where they want that. Mm -hmm. And I don't think Square is going to do it. No, they're not going to. But they're gonna. I think eventually, man, those, those, those gamer nerds are gonna get horny. They're gonna be like, "Yo, Square, we want, we want more revealing this, more revealing that. We already have the super huge growing modding community of 14. Everybody has their characters running around naked. Mm -hmm. So it's just like they're they're setting themselves up for something. That they're they're doing the dead or alive. Where it's not sustainable. Nah, I don't think so, man. Mm. I mean, I think they can do it for a little while. 
I think they can pretend and play, but Square is not that kind of company where they're going to be like, oh, yeah, we're going to have sex in our game. or No, and it would turn off everyone else. Yeah, it would just destroy but everything. It's just enough, I guess you could say, TNA content to where it's satisfying enough for the people who are here and just enough for people who are curious about it to get their feet wet. Mm-hmm. And if there are people who want even more, well, they can do the mods if they want to put that much time into it, or they can go to Second Life or wherever they want to to get that fixed. But for the majority of stuff, for 14's fulfilling the need right of now, the ERP and RP and all that stuff, whatever. Right now, but those ERPers, bro. The only reason I know is because I've been in that world before. <laughs> you know, when I when I wasn't raiding, I was all up in that world, bro. I was all up in it. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Hundred percent, no doubt. Yup. Because <laughs> I mean, we even have games that fulfill that need even better than fourteen does. We have games like Boob and Soul and and Black Desert. Who have vastly better character creations and models than 14. But those games are focused on fighting. Are they? Absolutely. You can't, like, if you play, I mean, you can play Black Desert, but if you play it, you're going to slowly realize that that game is strictly about PvP. Well, then, and and that's, I guess, not gating, but that's that's a reason why the fan base is coming to 14 then. People oh. who are looking for this certain content, not seeing it like, well, Black Desert and, and Blade and Soul have way too much combat for my taste. But 14 said happy medium to where like the models, yeah, they're nice. Well, that's In making combat, yeah, that, that's cool. That's making the assumption that like Black Desert is like going down, but they're you know they're releasing the console now, so they they're going up. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, Black Desert's coming out on. It's, it's already had a beta release for uh, Xbox, and I, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure I read somewhere... Actually, I, I know I read somewhere that it was going to come out on PS4 soon, too. So they're just doing the same thing no, that 14 no. did. It's just... The only thing with Black Desert that I hear about it is that it sounds way too grindy and hardcore for the player base of 14. Well, that kind of player, but the people that don't like casuals and you know want to actually have a good pvp experience they go play black desert and so i think we just see the dichotomy just shifting naturally on their own if that does happen yeah you know so i mean it, it, it probably will just stabilize uh maybe for a little while but then that depends on like where the gaming community kind of because the gaming community is kind of fickle no yeah that will not kind of fickle like super fickle actually if it ever came out that Yoshi P, like, I don't know, did something crazy, like embezzled some money or something bad oh like that, everybody would be like, oh, yo, I knew he was horrible. He's the worst person ever. I hate Yoshi P. I hate him from the beginning. You know what I mean? They'll roast him alive, even though they, they'll roast him alive, typing angrily next to their Yoshi P shrine sitting oh on their counter. <laughs> now he's just making stuff up. <laughs> you know how they get down, man. They did, you know, they did it to Mike, Michael Jackson, man. Michael Jackson's a villain. Bought all of his albums. Literally has a Michael Jackson afro on their head while they're typing angrily. <laughs> no, there are people so passionate about Michael Jackson. They're doing it R. Kelly. They're not doing it Michael Jackson. Man. Yeah. 
Oh no, they're doing it to Michael. Not not as widespread as Michael Jackson. Oh no, no 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 no! That they uh, Michael Jackson got a documentary release called. Uh, the, I know, bro. I know about the documentary. Yeah, he's in that too. I, I know about that. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying that the, 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 in comparison, isn't there? The, at least not from what I've heard. People are still. They they feel bad. People are more sympathetic. They want the man to, to, to just rest. They're just tired of hearing it. Only now. because he's dead. Well, yeah. If, if he was alive, he he'd be, wish he was dead. It'd be, it'd be a different story. Yeah. No, yeah, but... Yeah, people are way more sympathetic towards, towards him because, yeah, he's passed away. Yeah. And that's why I mean the outrage for Michael Jackson is not as loud as it is, as it is R. Kelly. I'm, even, I'm confused why the outrage for R. Kelly is loud, to be honest with you. Well, I mean, he's been doing it for years, and now it's just coming out. I mean, here's, okay, so here's a problem I have with that whole R. Kelly thing. He didn't force any of these girls to do these things. None of them. Not a single one. And Doesn't mean it's right, because they're underage. Mm, they couldn't give consent. Now, for the, for the ones that were underaged, absolutely, that's wrong. But I don't see them taking the underage stance, because the person that's leading the charge is, you know, the girl who did the documentary with her parents and all that junk or whatever. She wasn't underage when that happened. Mm -hmm. It just happened. And she was like, oh, yeah, R. Kelly forced us into it. And it was like, no, you wanted to be a groupie and you saw a powerful man. And you're like, ooh, if I do what he says, you know, I can live with the king. I can live with R. Kelly, which is basic. R. Kelly is the king of R&B music. So it's just like, oh, I can live with the king of R&B and blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, we see people do it all. It's just clout chasing, man. So now it's out that now because she didn't get the clout she wanted or whatever she wanted out of the deal. Oh, he forced me. You know, he, he, he raped me, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And it's like, granted, he had her do some really weird stuff, really, 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 really weird, jacked up stuff. That we don't condone you know, any of it. I don't. I'm not R. Kelly's therapist, so I can't really speak on any of that stuff. <laughs> but those things were all done willingly. Mm-hmm. He never forced him to do those things. But people are blurring the lines and saying like, oh, well, he's a monster, and he forced these things on these women. And it's like, no, he asked him to do something and because you know they want to get down with R. Kelly they just did it and now they feel ashamed so I don't think that part I don't think is fair or right but no no I mean there is a double standard there but I mean there are always going to be there are always going to be opportunists you know yeah whole thing's retarded I hate him makes me mad (laughs) just because it, it's not justice mm-hmm. i mean i mean you know get the man for underage girls like yeah, absolutely like he peed on that girl we know we all know that <laughs> oh no um oh okay so do you remember the dvds oh people trying to get them well back before the court case even happened mm. so okay so i have family members mm-hmm. that had that R. Kelly sex tape on DVD. Oh my goodness. And I actually remember seeing it. Oh my god. 
Yeah. And I don't know what happened, bro, during that court case. All of them must have watched the watched the tape with their eyes closed or whatever. But from what I remember seeing, that was 100% him. (laughs) (laughs) And he didn't get convicted. (laughs) Not at all. It was. I mean, the Boondocks did it best. I mean, like, yeah. All he had was a little black. Like, it wasn't even the full mask. It was just over. It was like the Zorro eyes. You know what I mean? just so dumb <laughs> and then, Cannot, you know peeing on girls and then now he's doing you know we find out he does all this weird stuff it's like peeing on your significant other is not the most common thing to do so it's kind of like it is quote unquote weird so it kind of fits his MO so you would mm-hmm. think that you know what I mean I don't know yo <laughs> Well, either way, closet still fire. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I think it was. Uh, I kind of got bored of it after like chapter like seventeen. I was like, all right, well, yeah, the there's too many closets. Like, the beginning is like the midget and like. <laughs> oh, holy crap! It was so good, man. <laughs> I can't believe it's a midget. It's a midget. <laughs> <laughs> name was Bridget like oh my goodness <laughs> oh yo and the rhyming in that man really oh good. it was it wasn't cheesy at all though it was actually no. really good it was smart <laughs> yo do you remember them playing that on the radio no I don't I yo. I listened to it in, on YouTube that's how I found it so they played it on BET right uh-huh. and they would be like new stuff but if you didn't have like internet at the time or whatever um they started playing chapters on the radio station like every morning. <laughs> it was the coolest. Like I would listen to it on my um, on the way to school because my mom would be or my, my stepmom would be in the car, and or we'd be like um, just like kind of out and about running errands on the weekend. Mm-hmm. And she turned the radio station and it would be like R. Kelly trapped in the closet, chapter three, and I'd be like, oh crap! And we were just sitting there list. I don't know. It was really cool. <laughs> really good idea. <laughs> R.I.P. R. Kelly and Michael Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> Rip. And we're not going to get that chocolate factory too. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, I don't know, man. Squares made some mistakes. They broke in my heart. I hope they, I hope they, you know, they do a show me a little sum sum in Shadowbringers. I'll keep my eyes peeled for it. If not, then I'm just gonna go play classic and see how that does me. If I enjoy that, then you know that'll be my new MMO fix for a little while. And. Life will go on either way. I wish both companies the best of their success. I don't really want a company to go down, especially one that's some some that have done so much good in the world. So you know, no, it all comes out of a good place. You know, it's just being critical because I I know they're capable of doing better. And that's what I was saying before. Like we only look for the criticism, don't care. 
If we didn't care, we, like, we wouldn't even be talking about it. You don't hear me talking about EA. <laughs> you don't care about EA. I don't got nothing to say. Those dudes are trash. Always been trash. Later. Now, you know, Square, they made a really good MMO at one time. Mm-hmm. And I need them to get back to that. <laughs> uh, hmm. We kind of made time. Quite well. How do we do? Um, oh, jeez. Three hours and 13 minutes. Anything want to stay in closing? Um. Uh. Ooh, can we do like, can we do like shameless plugs? Shameless plugs. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we have that many plugs, but sure. <laughs> you all right, can. all right, all right. Yo, man, my name's Black Impact. That's B-L-V-C-K underscore Impact. Check me out on YouTube for, you know, in-depth mental psychological takes on anime and pop culture and just really interesting things. You know, like, comment, subscribe, all that junk, blah, 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 gang, gang. No, I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mr. Ketta, plug it up, my dude. Plug it up. Plug plugs. Yeah, yeah, throw them plugs in there, man. Got all the plugs gotta plug the water up uh <laughs> you'll find me at uh keta mercer on youtube you that's it that's a keta with the k e h d a m e r c e r yeah yeah there you go <laughs> right there you know don't have much other than that <laughs> you know i get you on your if you were looking for any of that, uh, that persona content rpg content mm-hmm right over here i got you fam you know and at the end of the day this is just a conversation you know two bros just having fun just talking sometimes you get on the real stuff sometimes we get on the casual stuff all right don't take it too hard (laughs) (laughs) it's always all in good fun (laughs) i feel like the whole final fantasy if i'm i don't know if this video does like well i think uh I'm gonna have a lot of angry Facebook messages. <laughs> you stupid black mother! <laughs> <laughs> you don't know anything about gaming and, and Yoshi P and Final Fantasy XIV. I looked at Yo, your FF logs. You're trash. Top ninety six percent. That's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> That's been the chill session. (laughs) Good night, fam. (laughs) Later.